What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Rambling Red Shirts. We're now on to episode three, and I'm here with the rest of Red Shirts Remastered. Um, we got another great show for you again tonight, and uh, I guess we'll uh, say what's uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Yeah, good, man. I'm ready to talk about some stuff that we have lined up here. Agreed. I am doing well it's uh been a long past week so i'm ready for this i'm excited and we may not be personally wearing any red shirts tonight but chris and i got the red hat memo (laughs) (laughs) close enough close enough that's why i quickly i quickly didn't though so i quickly had to turn around and grab it (laughs) (laughs) hey it's all good it's all good welcome to a new episode of rambling red hats Ah. rambling red hats that's a different podcast that's that's on our only fans channel i mean no that's our uh that's our new uh that's our new deal with uh five dollars five dollars a month (laughs) no i'm just kidding wow um but yeah, um, I guess, uh, as always, we'll start off with our picks of the week. Um, picks of the week. Well, so well, well, let's introduce ourselves, our names. I mean. Oh, yeah, fair enough. I guess yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, jumping, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Here. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> well, I already, expl- I already s- said that. Uh, oh, right. I-, I go by the name of Geo the Sage, if you're not familiar. <clears throat> Who wants to go next? Don't everybody speak up at once. Hey guys, I'm Patrick, also known as Gannon136. I'm the wacky, crazy arm guy tonight. Wacky, wavy, inflatable <laughs> arm flailing tube man. <laughs> Help us all. Help and I'm us all. and I'm Spencer, the creator of the Dingus Den. Whoa, what's in that Dingus Den? <laughs> oh, all sorts of things. <laughs> Just have to wait oh, and Chris. find out. Chris. <laughs> And I am Chris. I am. Uh, I was a green fella. And a pirate knight. And now I'm a red shirt and I do die a lot in games. So it's fitting. Yes. You know we've been think. having some uh, some good times on the gaming streams. If you guys are not uh, not ch- um, cluing or what's the word I'm looking for here. If you're not tuning into those. Definitely uh, check them out. We had we were playing some uh, some Star Siege Dead Zone, which we might talk about a little bit later. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but it's been fitting the theme recently because most of the gaming streams that we've been happening to doing have been space themed games, which fits in with the Red Shirts theme, which is <laughs> yes. not not entirely intentional. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll play other stuff at, at some point as well. But that it's it's been kind of a nice little uh, um, tie in to the to the uh, the Red uh, Shirt yeah. theme. You know, I didn't so, even. Th- think about that because i was thinking about tomorrow i'm like look we really need you know we need days is really all we need for the streaming side of it you know and uh like i'll stream tomorrow i'll stream some uh i do have to finish star trek resurgence and i was like (laughs) it's like space theme and star trek theme and and that that was uh it was kind of a coincidence but in the same sense it's like that's one of the things that we have in common is 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 enjoying stuff like that so it's uh it just it's kind of a natural uh thing that, that happened in that sense but uh yeah yeah i i, I think that uh we will definitely play other things for sure we have a lot planned uh 
this podcast has been lots of fun so far. Um, you're going to find that tonight that for the first time going into not necessarily a, a common nerdy topic, it's nerdy for me, you know, but it's not necessarily the, you know, uh, standard nerdy topic that you would hear on a podcast with all these other topics we're going to talk about. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think without uh, further ado, let's just get yeah. into it all. Yeah. Just get into it all with our beginning segment of everybody's picks of the week. As far as what has everybody been enjoying throughout this last week? Uh, so, uh, who's going first here? Patrick, right? Patrick. Patrick? Yep. What's all your right, pick of the my, week, Patrick? My pick of the week was I've been watching the beginning of season three of Clone Wars. <laughs> Going back, there's some of the Mandalorian arc where they're kind of figuring out what's going on in terms of uh, corruption in, in a society, which is a a neutral planet. It, it's neither separatist nor republic. And how corruption can get even into neutral governments to try to sway one way or the other in the middle of a, a galactic civil war. And things get a little tense and hostile. And there's black markets and hijinks. And I won't spoil it for you if you haven't seen it by this point. It's really good, wholesome quality content, especially if you really dig a lot of the Mandalorian stuff going on right now because it all kind of feeds into that. And we're getting also ready for Ahsoka later, but we'll talk about that later coming up. Now, is that uh, you, you said you were rewatching it or is this your first time? Oh, this is like my fifth or sixth rewatch of the whole show. <laughs> now I, you, I'm doing the chron- chronological rewatch. I'm trying to. There's no way I'm gonna be able to watch everything on time before Ahsoka comes out. Uh, but I was really trying to hit like the main stuff going along, trying to get you know where Ahsoka's big heavy hitters are at. Absolutely. So trying to rewatch everything because I normally try to rewatch everything at least once a year. Now everything you... straight through. Have you noticed anything different this time around watching it? Any like any new takeaways? Uh, and I, I focused a little more on Satine Kreese, who is the leader of the Mandalorian people at that point in the timeline, and kind of how she handles the Mandalorian government, because she's in a transition period where the Mandalorians had just had a civil war previously that not a lot of people talk about in the canon. And she's kind of like cleaning up the society, like... There, you have the warriors, which are the ones you typically know in Mandalorian society. And then you also have like these peaceful people who just kind of want to become their own society of you know, peaceful Mandalorians, just like any other planet would be in the galaxy. So it's this weird transition where she's trying to like work out solutions to both sides, but neither side really, truly wants to give in. So there's a lot of that going on. And of course, that feeds into what would later become the separation of the tribes later on post rebels and then going into Mandalorian. The whole thing takes place over like a 30 or 40 year time. I think it's 30 year timeline in terms of separation of powers, the tribes coming together and separating and coming together and separating. And now they're back together again in the Mandalorian show. So it's fantastic to see like over the course of the timeline, how like things are like starting to stitch together. It's great. It's really good. Absolutely. All right. Who's next? I am next. I, and Spencer has been enjoying this with me. My pick of the week is the new Twisted Metal series. Hello, Matthew Coburn. And uh, 
starring Anthony Mackie, uh, Stephanie Beatriz from uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, as well as Will Arnett doing the voice of Sweet Tooth with Samoa Joe playing Sweet Tooth. Oh, nice! I did not know that. Yeah, so uh, lots of Easter eggs. Uh, man, it's it's like a '90s nostalgia ride. It's crazy. Uh, just because the way they do it is that, without spoiling too much, the the world as they know it ended in the early 2000s. So. Uh, it's funny to see all the references that they have. Uh, oh, uh, 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 Thomas Hayden Church is in it as well. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, so and, uh, Nev Campbell Lots shows up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thomas Hayden Church's character is fantastic. Uh, obviously, Sweet Tooth is, is probably the best character in the show. Uh, but I think that scene stealer scene. Oh my gosh. Like every scene he's especially in, episode five. Episode five is a huge one for him though. It's oh great. yeah. But, yeah. Episode absolutely. five was it's been really incredible. Fun. What I really enjoy again, the Easter eggs, oh, yeah. the authenticity to, to what if when you go play the game, what it would be like if it were, the real world in real life, how it would feel, mm -hmm. what it would be like. And, and, but then they also keep the essence of the game with the car battles. And it, oh, it's, it's done really well. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, it's a, actually a pleasant surprise on how well it's done. It's More, probably, yeah. it's one of the best video game adaptations I've ever so seen. Halo. Oh my, oh, shut yeah. the hell up. <laughs> Way oh <better>. my gosh. <laughs> but, but it's, it's even, I mean, I'd go as far as better than Sonic. Um. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd actually agree with that. Yeah. I'd agree wow. with that. Yeah. Um. It is. It is so much fun. It. The gore is authentic to what the game is. It will. Uh. <laughs> the. Uh. I love what they do. If you see here, the. The actual episodes are named like license plates. Um, which is really cool. Like the last one that we watched was called Drive Through. Um, we had another one yeah. that was called Who's Dare, and we're watching two a day. All ten episodes are available on Peacock already um, for yeah. season one, and I have Even a feeling it's that. gonna. <laughs> it, it, depending on, I mean, I don't know if it's gonna leave it open ended at all. I have a feeling it will somewhat. Um, I'm all oh, for a season two already. My, my uh, my, my big wish is I just want like a big like car battle royale at the end, you know, make it feel really have that essence of yeah. Twisted oh, yeah. the destruction end. derby style. Absolutely. Twisted metal right. in game. Uh, I mean, I think of all the car action, though, something I really do like about the show is that car action. Like it doesn't feel like the fake CG action. Like it feels like you're getting real car action. That's doing crazy stunts with so much of it, which I really like, which you know, something you gotta feel like you don't feel in Fast and Furious these days, because it's just obviously fake, crazy CG stunts, and I don't get that feeling at all when watching a lot of the core battling here. Emily. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's definitely a good thing. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it yet myself. I think I'm, yeah. I'm gonna check it out, but uh, that's a 
definitely worth important aspect to a show that's based on uh, on a game where car, it was car combat. It's like, yeah, they could have done the now, whole thing in CGI. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not all about the cars, though. That's the thing. It's the, the, the time with the cars is very limited, but when it happens, it shines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's important, and, too, because if you just did it the other way where it was all car combat, then it would just get boring after a while, or they run out of ideas. Or, fest, yeah. 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 But yeah, it, it does a pretty good job overall, so um, yeah. I've really been enjoying it. Nice. That's good to hear. Cool, cool. All right. Spencer, what's next? Spencer is... Spencer, yes, yes. My pick of the week is next, and that is uh, this new Star Trek show that's been coming out. I don't know if anybody here has heard of it, uh, titled Strange New Worlds, uh, set to be like, uh, it's a spinoff series of Discovery that's like a prequel to uh, the original series. And so season two has been coming out. The finale's tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that, uh, checking that out. And uh, I've been having a blast with the season. Uh, it's been pretty solid. It's been pretty good. Uh, overall, uh, the first episode, not going to lie, was a little, little rough. I was pretty worried about it. But once it hit episode three, it started picking back up from what I wanted through the rest of the season. And there's been some pretty memorable episodes this season that I really enjoyed. Uh, for instance, the latest episode that just came out uh, was the musical episode that they uh, revealed at San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con. And so uh, it was really fun having this Star Trek episode where they... Uh, it, the whole reason why it was a musical was built into the plot, so it didn't just start out as a musical, but there's like a whole Star Trek reason as to why everything turned into a musical and how they had to resolve it. It was a lot of fun, and uh, man, I, I, there's some bits I'd love to talk about it, but I don't want to spoil it just because uh, for somebody that doesn't typically enjoy a musical, I had a lot of fun with it just because it's so wacky seeing Star Trek as a musical. And so that was great. So many great musical bits. Yeah, yeah. Is it coming to Broadway? Oh, jeez. Not like Captain (laughs) America the musical. Like Rogers the musical. Rogers the musical. Uh, (laughs) How how was the Lower Decks crossover episode? I was just about to bring it. Yes, that was pretty interesting. Uh, the, The biggest focus on that wasn't necessarily what the story was about, but it was about the characters interacting with each other because the way lower decks is set up is that it's like a sequel like set far in the future and so uh they found this essentially a time portal to where they go back in time and find the strange new worlds crew so it's really interesting because you see jack queen's uh... character and then later on then the character the other person she comes back in time uh, i don't remember her name or her character's name or anything uh but anyway they go back and they end up having to uh figure out like how i guess to bring back the portal but the big thing is is like they're working together bring it back but it's that's not necessarily the focus of the episode but it's to where it's how all the characters interact with each other like how does jack quaid's character and pike interact with each other or how does spock and the uh i don't remember what the other chick's name was but um it's all about the different character interactions between them and it's interesting seeing all that done and uh they also had pretty good looks as far as bringing those animated characters into live action was pretty good uh but yeah those were definitely the two big i'd say like highlight crazy episodes of the season i mean there's some other pretty good episodes here and there as well and uh yeah i mean it's been a pretty solid season after the bumpy start so i'm 
can't wait for uh, the finale tomorrow. And is it season three already confirmed? I want to say. Uh, no idea. That would that would be you knowing that. <laughs> no, uh, I know. I, I want to say there might be a season three. So if there is, I'm looking forward to it. Matthew brings up something interesting in the chat. He says he read, he read they had a, a bit of a, a the Buffy musical in mind, which I think was uh, Once More with Feeling, if I'm not mistaken. I could be mm. wrong about that, but that's a very famous one as a musical episode of a, a show like that as well. But what, what I just was thinking of, I think they did something like that in uh, Next Generation, if I'm not mistaken. Do you guys remember that? They did uh, something similar where they were forced to d- do like, uh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember much of the episode, but it just popped in my mm. head that they, they did... Uh, Something like that in next gen as well. That in some, gen. Something to do with the holodeck, then maybe. I think it maybe. was. Uh, it was. Some, I can't. I can't remember, but it was something that was affecting all the whole crew, where they would just burst out into song just periodically. And there's there's been a few Picard memes mm-hmm. that have come out of it. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen. So, um, but yeah, yeah I, my, first thought, yeah. my first thought. My first thought was the Buffy musical, but then I did. Yeah, that popped in my head that they they had done that in next gen as well. So that's that's kind of cool. Interesting. I'll have to go back and check that out and see how they compare. <laughs> but anyway, Gia, what was your pick of the week? Yeah, so uh, my pick of the week this week was a film from 1997, which is one of my favorite comedies, uh, Good Burger, believe it or not. <laughs> so if you guys aren't familiar with the film Good Burger, uh, like I said, came out in 97. That was uh, starring uh, Keenan and Kel, Keenan Thompson, Kel Mitchell. Uh, Keenan Thompson... If you, probably most people are familiar with him. He was really big, big in a lot of kids' movies in the 90s, and now he's the longest-standing regular on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. So he's had a excellent career over the years, but I think his biggest, um, his best film that, that, that I always go back to time and time again is always Good Burger. And it was, I think one of the things about it is it just had like a, a really... Um, really particular charm to the movie that I haven't really seen replicated again. Now it started off as a, the idea came from a a skit from their show. I believe all that. And they took that idea and then expanded it into an entire film. And it worked really well. It's, it's something where, yes, it is technically a kid's movie, but it's, it's, I think you can watch it as an adult and it still holds up to the, to this day. It's something where I'll, I'll watch that movie at least once a year, if, if not more, it, it's just a feel good movie. The whole, the whole time it's uh, it's not, um, how do I put this? It, it just leaves you feel with a good feeling at the end of it. It has a, a lot of good, really clever writing in it. A great cast, and it's something that I, um, I don't know. It just kind of popped in my head when I was thinking of things of like, what would be something that I could recommend? It's not something I've brought up before. I don't even think I brought it up even when I was uh, a guest on Greenfella. So I thought it would be a good, uh, yeah. good time to mention it here. If That's you a haven't great seen recommendation. It, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth worth your time. And I think it, that was kind of the apex of those 90s films that he did where, you know, he was in The Mighty Ducks. He was in Heavyweights. He was in a lot of these classic 90s kids comedies. But then you had that. That was what I felt was like their kind of, uh, I guess you could say their opus. 
was good burger and uh um, yeah it, it's hard to really there was like the cameos like you had uh oh i can't even remember now See, if i if i would have uh Shaq to was do like one a, of them yeah yeah sure like that's that's one of the ones that that, that always sticks with me yeah. is uh the scene with Shaq where he goes to deliver him a burger and then there's this crazy uh car scene to get there and then when they finally get there mm-hmm. he hands him the burger and he's like little man i asked for tomato on this burger i don't see no tomato on this burger and then, <laughs> and, then and then cal takes a slice of tomato from his shirt pocket slaps it on the burger and gives it <laughs> and then Shaq eats the burger after that. and he's like it's pretty good it's pretty good so yeah, yeah. There's, there's these great little great moments and it. it's just just a wacky movie all around where it's got a lot of quotable lines that that uh that I'll find myself just saying so um yeah, without going into a full review of it, I guess I don't know. That's a good, that's pretty awesome. good way to sum it up. Um, but what I did find yeah. interesting, and this can kind of lead us into our next uh, topic here, is while uh, well, I just wanted to look the movie up real quick, and I, a little piece of information from last month that slipped by me somehow. I don't know how I missed this. But apparently they're doing a sequel. Yep, so they been, this year. Yeah, so there's been talks of doing a sequel to, uh, to Good Burger for a long time. Um, I've heard things about them doing various things with the script, trying to get people back. They, they, yep. they, they did, uh, if you guys remember, they did a reunion skit on SNL a few years back. There was, yeah, Matthew Coburn uh, brought that up. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. there was there was stuff That's like awesome. that, and uh, so there've been there've been a lot of people that have been wanting them to do a sequel. They've been wanting to do a sequel. Yep. And now they we're finally getting filmed. it. Yep, they already filmed. Yeah, so they announced last month finally they did? that. Uh, yeah, uh, it was already out. They they uh, they did set visits and and already started filming it. It might already be in post. Honestly. Well, this is what they're saying is that it's coming out this November on Paramount Plus. Yep, huh. straight to Paramount Plus. That'll be interesting. So, I, and I mean, I, so I looked up budget. a little bit, you and should. the a lot of the original cast is coming back. Um, I only on, saw Shaq, one. Shaq, Shaq. Yeah, that that would be perfect <laughs> because Shaq has totally leaned into the comedy over the years, and I think it would be, uh, you know, it, maybe if they don't get Shaq, they could get someone else, like another NBA player or something. But I think Shaq I, I, would be the perfect quintessential cameo to bring back for that. But, I hope he gets like a jalapeno be burger, and he does that face like he did on Hot Ones, where he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> just lean into the meme. Now, uh, I didn't That's see right. just pulling up the Wikipedia real quick. I didn't see his name mentioned, but a lot of the original cast is back. Looks like they're going to have. Yeah, if you if you've seen the first film, the villain was a guy named Kurt Boswell, and he was the owner of a rival burger chain. Looks like in this one they're going with what I would assume was his daughter, because it says Cat Boswell, and she's the CEO of, of what's called Megacorp. So it looks like they're bringing. <laughs> uh, I, that's what I would have to assume is that it's his daughter. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see as well what they could include with how like I guess fast food times have changed. You know, now since then. Yeah, and uh, it, so it could so, be interesting. So, from what I've read, it seems like the plot revolves around uh, Dexter being a inventor. And uh, something about him having like a failed invention that uh, causes him to have to go back and work at Good Burger after all these years. So it's kind of it'll kind of be a, a reunion in the sense of 
what have they been doing all these years? What, what changes have happened? So there's and there's going to be some obvious uh, omissions from from the cast. I think the biggest person that's the biggest person who's uh, missing is one of the well, they they did get the the writer duo that did the first one, but the one of the big uh, Dan Schneider is not going to be a part of this one, which is unfortunate. Good, but, good. But uh, I heard there was some controversy, which we won't get into. Oh, but, there's uh, there's big Nickelodeon controversy around that. Yeah, I wasn't aware of any of that, so I just uh, yeah. all I know is that. But anyway, yeah, we don't really need to yeah to get into the drama yeah. of it. That's not yeah. You know, what My we girlfriend here, and I but, talk about that all the time. But yeah, I wasn't uh, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, but. Uh, he, I, my only hope is that it, it doesn't impact how this movie does. Um, but that being said, the fact that there is quite the, the original writers, the a uh, lot of the original cast, it leads me to believe that this could still be a re- really good sequel. And I'm gonna have my hopes up for that. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I really want this to be <laughs> to do well. I was such a big fan of the first one. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you guys had any additional thoughts on that. Sorry, I kind of went on for a little bit there. No, no, you're all good. Uh, I know. I'm uh... just really excited to see all the cameos, and I already know of one <laughs> I'm really excited about. Actually, oh, what's that? Um, Al Roker from the Today Show is going to be in the sequel. Interesting. Yeah, he did a set visit, and they were like, "Yo, dude, you want to be in the movie? We'll throw you some lines." <laughs> That's and- awesome. And they, I guess they have a, there's going to be a, they built a burger car for this movie. They're going to drive around in a burger like SpongeBob style. Um, <laughs> and so they, I guess they like took him out on a quick ride around the set. Like in, in the in burger the, mobile. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I don't, I don't think he, I don't know if he's going to be in the car in the movie, but they were just like showing him the car while they were filming. So that's that's great because what that means is that the, the good burger car, the burger mobile, is going to be yeah. in the movie. That's awesome. Yes, yes. And that was a, a cool little, you know, it wasn't really overly needed in the plot, mm-hmm. but it was one of those things that just added to the yeah immersion, I guess you could say, of it being like because the the entire movie it's a fake um, fictional yeah. burger joint. Obviously, their competitors yeah. fictional, so they they kind of had to build a whole new world there, and that was a key part of that, I think. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that that's going to yeah. be back. Yeah. And it's interesting to see, like, uh, fr- from what I did see of the production, like it's, it's cool. What, like hair and makeup department can do to Keenan and Kel all these years later. And like, dude, it's scary. Like how much they haven't really changed all that much. Like they've both aged really well. Yeah, absolutely. And the, when they did the SNL skit, I had the same thought then, and it's been a few years it's since like, then, It's like, so. whoa, it's been over 20 years, and they still look the same. Yeah, that's one of the benefits like of, of when Cruise, they started Tom really Cruise young, right? Ages. Yeah, but in this case, they, they were they were child actors, right? So They were, they were child they actors, were, like teenagers, I think, when they were filming that first movie. Yeah. Uh, and now they're, like, in their early 40s. Yeah, so that's I think that that's what makes this like they have to do a sequel now. If they wait too too much longer, yeah. then it's like then you're gonna have these. Then and they're gonna be like Otis in the first situation, film. <laughs> you know? Where it's like, oh my gosh, your Star Wars original trilogy actors—they're all seventy something now. Which that's what happened? That I didn't check. Let me take a quick look here. How old is Keenan now? I don't. I don't remember how old he is. I'm not sure. I was just going to mention because Abe Vigoda was in the first one, and then obviously he passed away. And uh, it looks like 2016. So that's that's uh, 
one yeah. person that we're going to be that's going to be noticeably noticed now is, is Gabriel Iglesias going to be in there do you know was he in the first one I don't remember because he was in all that oh and I he, see what you're he saying might, yeah, he yeah, might yeah. have been in some of those all that sketches so I'm wondering if they got him for the sequel movie that would be kind of cool if because he's such a high profile dude now and he was on all that with them way back in the day. I was like, dude, if anybody would be down to do it, I think he would be definitely down to do a quick cameo. Yeah, that's another important point that you bring up is, is that there's things that they could do in this movie that they might have forgot or didn't have the time to do or just yeah. couldn't fit into the first movie that were from the original sketches. So, or even from like original drafts, like they yeah. had a really cool idea they never used in the first movie. Like, hey, let's pull that and bring that. That was a cool idea. Let's bring that to the sequel. And I think and that's how this movie it. started. If if uh, if I remember what I read, they uh, they had the if idea had sitting for a little while, drafts, and then yeah, it was something that they they had the idea sitting, and then they finally decided, okay, well, let's uh, let's pull this up and use it. It was on a dusty shelf at Nickelodeon, and then when Paramount, <laughs> then when because here lately I've noticed Paramount Plus has been like really trying to revive a bunch of those uh, '90s and 2000s Nickelodeon brands. Um, like they brought iCarly back. Uh, they're doing the Good Burger Two movie now. Uh, they just—I don't know if you guys have seen—they got Zoe 102, which is the sequel to Zoe 101. So yeah, they're reviving all these franchises. And I, I bet you they would have done like a Drake and Josh too if Drake Bell wasn't getting in so much trouble. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's one, a story for a different day. One thing that I, I also thought was interesting is the fact that this is kind of coming full circle as far as Nickelodeon goes because they they're kind of ubiquitous, especially in film nowadays. Yeah. Like we just had uh, the Ninja Turtles film just came out. But the Dude, Good Burger was popular again. Like, well, really the, the, here's popular. the thing, though, right? The, the Good Burger was literally the second movie that they did. The first was Harriet yeah. the Spy, which you guys might have also seen, and uh, that was that would have been '96. And then next year was Good Burger. That was their second film. So they're kind of coming full circle in in a sense to to where they started, which I think is 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 really cool to see. It's cool to see like some of the new concepts they're bringing forward. It's some of it's been pretty hit or miss, honest. Just to be honest, in terms of their their TV side of content, I'm more interested to see what they're going to do in terms of movies, for sure. Oh yeah, one one other thing I want to mention. I just uh, I just pulled up the Wikipedia so I could remember some of the cameos. George Clinton. George Clinton was the probably one of the best cameos in the first one, where they're they're in the scene where they're in the uh, the insane asylum, and he sh he sh shows up there. And then they break out into this, into dance and song and dance. So that was a, uh, a cameo. <laughs> Another musical coming to Broadway. Insane Asylum, the musical. Well, it, uh, it ties into the plot, at least in that one. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was something where a lot of people, like myself, I did, wasn't even entirely aware who it was at the time. And then looking back now, it's great. It's like, oh, man. And they, they played one of his songs. And uh, yeah. So yeah, Knee Deep, I think, was the song that's that they nice. played. Lots of stuff in that, for sure. Stuff and things. But yeah, unless uh, anybody stuff has any other, any other thoughts, we can uh, move on. Yeah. I say bring back Hey Arnold again. <laughs> Continue on with all the, uh, all the back catalog. Yeah, just bring... No, You know what they need to bring? They need to bring Rocket Power back. Hell yeah. 
<laughs> that would be awesome. Because there, there's a lot of cool Nickelodeon brands that definitely need a revival for sure. Well, it may be true, but you know what's coming out, Patrick? That you're really what's excited What's coming for? out, Spencer? Uh, you know exactly what we're all looking forward to. What is At it? Least, yeah, I think we all are. You know, are the, it's a show... Uh -huh. that, that's set in a galaxy far, far away. Do, do you know anything about the show? Yeah, uh, Mandalorian season four. I'm just kidding. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me break it to everybody. That! It's Ahsoka. Oh my gosh. Whoa! It's coming two out. Weeks, two weeks from today. Wow. That's uh, quicker than I, than I realized. It snuck up on us. I, I mean, yeah. like last, like I think it was wow. like two months ago. We were like, "It's so close! It's so close!" And then, like, we got to the first week of August. Everybody's like, "Holy crap! It's like two weeks away!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what? Uh, what have they been? Uh, what's the the latest on Ahsoka then? So they've been putting out a lot of TV shows and spots pretty much the last week or so. So it's it's they're starting the really big advertising push. Um, they've put out character posters, so if you go on the Star Wars social media pages, you guys can go download free posters on there. They got a really cool Ahsoka pose. Wow. They got um, Ray Stevenson, rest in peace. They got his Balin Skull poster up there. It looks badass as hell. And then they got all the other characters. The only one they have not dropped yet, and I'm so excited for when when he does show up in the show, I am downloading the Thrawn, the Lars Mikkelsen Thrawn. As soon as that one hits <laughs> social media... I'm gonna print that. That's going on my wall, because like I'm I'm so ready for Thrawn. Um, but the biggest news that came out about it is we actually do have official run times for the very first two episodes. Let me find it here real quick, guys. Yeah, have the tweet up. We have. Do you have it right there in front of you? Yes. So it's saying the combined runtime of Ahsoka episode one and two is going to be at one hour, 36 minutes, and 36 seconds. So if you do the math, it's about 48 minutes or so between each episode, which obviously one will probably be longer than the other. Yeah, um, which for Star Wars Disney, that is, that's that's pretty I mean, sizable. And what, what we've seen in the past credits, with the Disney shows is that they, yeah, that's, they that typically will release one and two at the same time, credit, correct? Yes. If, if they include credits, then that's like 40 each, which is like your standard length, so... 40, 42, 40 to, 40, 40 to 43 40, minutes, somewhere in that 40 range. Each. 40 each, so, yeah. I'd say. So, uh, so, and yeah. and more than likely, I, I, if I remember correctly, Filoni is, I want to say he's directing episode one of the show. So that first episode will probably be like Mando episode one, where it's a little bit longer. So I think episode one will probably be the longer one. I don't have an official confirmation. On oh, I mean, typically premieres and are, are longer, and then... The ones that follow are usually shorter, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it is. That's just a generic show formula, I feel like, but yeah, and we'll I think see. It's, it's good to, with, with these type of shows, when you want to get people invested so that they'll continue to watch the rest of the season, regardless of how long or small it is, you want to get start off with a bang and get them... A big one, yeah. Yeah, so I think that it's, the, you know, that there's definitely some logic behind that decision. Let me see if I can find a director list while we're talking about it. Um, have you guys been seeing these like TV sh uh, TV spots or advertisements or trailers the last like two weeks no. or so? Mm, I don't. Not really. I, I've seen them around, bit. but I don't watch them because mm -hmm. I find them to be pointless when leading up to it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't watch yeah. them. 
for anything that comes out. Are there any characters that you've seen in the trailers that you guys are like really looking forward to? Either like a new character coming in or a returning character that you really want to dig into? I mean, we're all excited for Thrawn, I think. Be the for for mm. us who have seen yeah. Rebels. Um I'm excited for Ezra. Oh uh, yeah, me too. I'm ex- totally excited yeah, to I mean, see yeah, what Ezra's I'm, done. Um Sabine, obviously, I'm intrigued. I never was a huge I mean, Sabine. Just all the fan. Rebels people. Yeah, I was never a huge Sabine. Yeah, I I'm I'll, I'll be cool She's to an see. Acquired taste. It'll be cool to see Zeb and see uh See Zeb, you know, after seeing him in Mandalorian, Zeb's That's probably so he, my favorite character. Well, I, I think that. he's one of the most popular characters as well. Oh, yeah. So, and his voice is so distinctive that yep. uh, that it was easy. Like, like I watched, I'm like, that Zeb. Like, I, I knew yeah. it instantly. I didn't have to guess or wonder. I'm like, that's Zeb. That that voice is so with that yeah, Steve face. Steve Blum's voice is very iconic. And yeah, yeah. so um, other than that, I mean, I'm I'm intri- in, interested in this whole like these recordings from Anakin. It's very very cool that she's got these recordings from Anakin. Um. That she goes back through and uses for guidance still. And I wondered if we're going to see mm-hmm. some of that in the show. Yeah, you know? well, that, that's what I was like just thinking. Like flashbacks, you mean? That. That's a very they, clever they way to bring it. Anakin into the show because they, they don't have to make it anachronistic in yeah. any way. They can still have him be there with, a, with it being with it making sense in the storyline, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a recording, so that's, that's a great idea. Or, or just a that or is it going to be a force ghost and expand on that him that too yeah ghost? that too yeah because he shows up as a force ghost at the end of return of the jedi you but know, i think so. the thing too is so. with the force ghost right. the, the only problem there is you can't overuse the force ghost because it kind of loses its, its, no. its uh, magic mm-hmm. if you do it too many times but they could definitely throw that in there as well mm-hmm. but i don't I think, think that's another way of doing it magic i, I think like, any trope you know, gets gets stale if you use it too much. But I mean, yeah, that's I all guess... I'm saying. It's like instead of just doing the Force Ghost again, then they could have they could have another way of doing it where that. Well, I mean, we of... see Force Ghosts in every well, movie and well, every yeah, yeah. piece of of media. Well, yeah, I mean, the lore has it to where, like, even in the uh, like novels and comics that ties in all into the original trilogy, it's like they still have it to where, like, Luke Skywalker did communicate with obi-wan several other times and what you see off screen yeah that uh, makes sense screen. and so uh it is a known thing to worry they do constantly communicate and i don't think they'd overuse it at all um i mean i for me i'd only see him popping up like two times at most but as, we'll as a force ghost i say to towards the like end i could see him like because we're gonna see what the world between worlds, right? Most likely. Uh, it seems like from what we're hearing in the leaks, Possible. they're gonna do some sort of tie-in, even if not directly. They're gonna do something involving that side of the canon. Yes, it's gonna tie back into Rebels. Maybe explain a little bit more, like how things kind of came to be. Because in Rebels, they left it kind of open and vague, mm-hmm. and that's always. But f- 
we, if we know anything about Filoni, he loves to be open and vague because that means he could just keep making more stories out of that. That's his favorite <laughs> thing to do. He'll like introduce some like minor little thing and you go, what the heck was that about? And then like three seasons later, he'll explain to you why he why he did that. And you're like, oh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> ah. Like yeah. the space whales. <laughs> the space oh gosh, yeah. It started off as like the most like throwaway episode in Rebels, and then yep. they end up becoming the heroes in the end. It's fantastic. Yeah, uh, that yeah. I, the question is <laughs> like where did they take them? That's the space whales. That's the big thing. And everyone is, That's why I think I, somehow the world between worlds might play a part I because dogged. I know it doesn't just fold time, it folds space. I have dogged people on Twitter about this because they keep saying, and that's never been confirmed canon anywhere by Lucasfilm. This sure. Is, oh, Thrawn's from the unknown regions. They must have jumped to the unknown regions. And oh, I go, to his where planet? Where does it say that? No. I say, where does it say they went to the unknown no. regions? It says it nowhere in canon, nowhere in the referential material. But the, it just keeps getting tossed around on social media. No, Everyone they just never said the unknown regions. regions. They, said. they never said that. They said they. they just it's unknown away. where he goes, go where away. he went. It's unknown yeah, where unknown. he went. And so they automatically yeah. assume yeah. unknown region. Yeah, the, and I, I, yeah, I brought yeah. it up. I was like, it could be the. I'm not saying it couldn't be. It definitely could. But it could be that. It could be wild space. They could have gone to the deep inner core of the galaxy. No one would think to look in the middle of the galaxy. <laughs> Or <laughs> everyone would expect them. Or like you guys said, maybe they did jump into the world between worlds. That would yeah. be mysterious and different. That would be something no one would guess. Like, they literally jumped outside of space and time. Like, what? Could Thrawn get in there? Like, Ezra, Ezra took him. Ezra would have was, to take him, yeah. He was, he was bound by, by the space whales. They were he connected, so they were connected, they were connected yeah. Because yeah. the space whales and their mental Lots thing, yeah, yeah. Because Ezra tele, has a, yeah. He got that animal magnetism force ability. Yeah, like, like Ray has. So, like Ray has now with the yeah. snake. Yep. She's a Slytherin. So much excitement for so much <laughs> excitement for Ahsoka. We're gonna have to probably do like a review series or something for it. Yeah, unfortunately, talk I'm not about how it all goes for the for the premiere right on the day of the premiere. So right, yeah. well, we'll figure it all out. We'll though. do it that weekend. Yeah. Review series coming, sometime. or just wait till the end. You mean and but, review yeah. the whole thing at the. Court. Uh, no, I, I think it'd be better to do it as we go. But okay. you know, we'll we'll okay. talk about that later. Yes, anyway. But, you know, and lots of more stuff to look forward from the red shirts, including, yep. I guess, this next topic, right? We've talked yeah. a lot about Ahsoka, so let's move on to another big franchise here. Uh, that And that goes with Marvel here, uh, to where the director of Incredible Hulk 2 talked about plans, and he says, uh, for a sequel of The Incredible Hulk, saying, like, there was a whole sequel that he had planned, uh, or that they all had planned, and he's like, well... His quote says there was like Grey Hulk, Red Hulks. There was a lot of good stuff that we were planning. And uh, th this, I mean, it, very interesting that it, here that we see all these different Hulks that they were already had planning. Like, you know, Grey Hulk, uh, which is how Hulk initially appeared in the comics, but since then has turned into like a smarter persona of the Hulk in the comics. Or we all think of... Uh, 
uh, uh, Ross as red, the main Red Hulk, but we've also seen other Red Hulks. So the fact that they say, or he said Red Hulks is very interesting, but obviously this didn't happen and they just uh, did stupid stuff with Hulk. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and to be clear <laughs> as well, for anyone who isn't aware, there was this would have been the third Hulk movie. The first one, I believe, was just called Hulk, and then they had The Incredible Hulk. And then this would have been the Incredible Hulk 2, which would have been the third Hulk movie, depending on if you want to consider that first one canon or not, or like with the with the MCU. No, no, because that first one wouldn't have been because Incredible Hulk was MCU. They just changed the actor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The first one, the Eric Bana one was a weird 90. Yeah. The the Eric Bana one was like early 2000s, I think, 2003 or Something like that. That, that right. was yeah. not a great movie. Yeah, I rewatched that recently, yeah. and it was not good. <laughs> oh god! So yeah, bad. I mean, something I have rewatched on the TV. last year or two though was that incredible Hulk movie, and like it's a, I think it's a pretty solid Hulk story, and it, I, I think it's the best interpretation we've gotten of Hulk on screen, and I honestly do feel like it's a under, it's not a great Marvel movie, but I feel like it is an underrated, mm-hmm. solid Marvel movie that just nobody talks about. And I, I appreciate it even more so now saying that, oh, this is a proper Hulk we got compared to what we have on screen now, which is a whole as somebody who didn't at first care for Hulk, but then I was gone into the comics and read more of Hulk stuff. It, it's something that really annoys me with Marvel of the direction they've taken Hulk. So to see at one point that they were actually doing other Hulk stuff, like with Hulk being in the center and if they could have done more of this, uh, uh, maybe ha- I mean, even if Ruffalo could have been the center of this, it would have been fine because he'd still have a proper Hulk story, uh, which I think would have been honestly awesome. Uh, but obviously, that's not what we got. <laughs> yeah, and he was he was fine as the as Bruce Banner as the Hulk, but it was like more the writing direction they went in, where they went with the smart Hulk, which is kind of just destroys any kind of delving into the Hulk's character, like. Once you get rid of, he's like already mastered his anger. So it's like, what what's left at that point, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing is too, is I found the whole thing dumb because there's, like I said, the Grey Hulk in the comics is like a different persona of the Hulk that's smart. But then the MCU just want to take it all into their own way. So it's like, okay. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like the way the MCU did, uh, did it just was completely disrespectful to the Hulk. Yeah, but I think this is one of those cases where they made a decision that was good for the filming of the movie rather than the story, because it was probably easier yeah, for Mark Ruffalo absolutely. to just be Mark Ruffalo, essentially, and then CG in the the, uh, the Hulk parts after, like as far as the, uh, uh, you know, it's probably easier to do the smart Hulk version from a filming perspective, mm-hmm. right? And then yeah. that, that was just something that obviously story-wise it didn't... Uh, mm-hmm didn't serve as, as well as right what they could yeah. have done like you were saying i mean when i watched it at the time i wasn't mad at it but it's yeah. one of those things that's like i think on it and i'm like why did they do this they shouldn't have done this but whatever it is what it is for it sure is what it is <laughs> but yeah very interesting but like, yeah i mean i'm just glad from... at one point they were yeah i'm just glad at one point there was going to be uh better hulk stuff than whatever we got now especially with that god awful she hulk show that happened last year (laughs) but i don't want to talk about that anyway anyway movie gone from hulk crap what's 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 next chris uh oh yeah 
Uh, so, uh, this is where we're going to take a weird little turn and talk about something detour. sports related. Uh, but but something that's a little little ridiculous. Uh, if if you ask uh, me, um, uh, the uh, the Baltimore Orioles are doing great this year. First place in the American League. Uh, you know, leading their division, obviously. Then second best record in baseball. Fantastic, right? Well, the other day, uh, what was the exact date of the game? Uh, July twenty third. The Orioles were uh, the Baltimore Orioles were in Tampa, and uh, their announcer, whose name is uh, their play by play guy, whose name is Kevin Brown. Uh, was talking about how the Orioles are uh, playing much better this year in Tampa than they ever have. Well, previous were, three seasons in particular, right? Yeah, the previous three seasons. Well, yeah, and yeah, because the previous three seasons have been uh, with the current manager and current, uh, uh, current, uh, what you been call it, uh, current front office. Uh, team. So, uh, all of a sudden, Kevin Brown has been removed from the broadcast booth as the play-by-play guy for the Orioles, and the internet went in a tizzy. Uh, there's been uh, there were memes, all kinds of memes, but the biggest thing was that a lot of uh, the announcers went to bat. Uh, around the league went to bat for Kevin Brown and Patrick and I were actually talking about this. And, uh, I said to Patrick or I said, any team will scoop him up for sure. And, and I think they realized their mistake. Cause as soon as they started to go for bat for him, they're like, Oh shit, we done messed up. Cause he will get scooped up. By yeah. Here, here was the quote. Let me j- say one thing to Baltimore Orioles management. You draped yourself in humiliation. If you don't want Kevin Brown, there are 29 other teams who do. And that was from the New York Mets yep. who said that. But then, <laughs> yeah. So, but, so what but was, sounds like they, what was they exactly? were maybe ready to give him an offer, you know? Yeah. I'm confused well, that what he said that was so bad that they thought that it was nothing. Worth that's the him. point. Nothing. That is the point. Uh, here's another just one. Uh, that's the, the wiki, the wiki for the owner of the Orioles, which changed to say, John Angelos is the chair and managing man baby of the Baltimore Orioles. By the way, I don't, that's a good question. Well, I'll go check. I, I bet almost, Wikipedia went back and fixed. Let, it. Somebody let me see. Probably, but the, somebody the, sussed them out of here's, here. Here's, this one's my favorite. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Orioles Baseball on Masson as we take you live to Tropicana Field where the O's look to improve their win streak to an impressive 273 games. And it's a picture of uh, North Korea State TV. <laughs> <laughs> They're winning every game. It's official. Well, I, th- I think it's is really interesting because when you look at like what a color commentator should do, is they're, they're usually the ones that that are going to say something outside of the box that are going to say, you know, they're, they're there, they're to be entertaining. The, the, you know, that you have your, um, 
your main commentator that's that's gonna literally call the plays and do that but then your color commentators to add the color to the to the match so it's like what was the you know it just well this the was the play-by-play play guy actually this was the play-by-play oh, play guy this was the play-by-play guy the color commentator the former players they didn't say anything like this they're yeah. they're they're all well respected loved you know but but as soon as the play-by-play guy said something like they were like oh no it's controversial because it's out on the Suck airwaves where millions <laughs> millions of people at home can see it oh no except He's only covering stats. Yeah, it's, it's so he wasn't even dissing the O's. He was just letting the, the fans know they've won more games in Tampa. That's it. A sound plays in his ear, knowing that there's the graphic that they it is yeah. up. Yeah. He's told the graphic is, is up, and he talks about it. You're not just gonna not talk about the graphic. Either. Yeah, you're not just they gonna not talk about the graphic. The production team that made the graphic that he covered, which yeah. got him fired. So yeah, they like, didn't uh, get they didn't get fired or anything. Yeah, what about it's like Anchorman? Right? It's like Anchorman yeah. where he just reads off the teleprompter and then he gets in trouble for it. <laughs> yes. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> Which is it's interesting that they're they're we're getting to that point. I think I feel like this might be a totally different situation, but I I noticed that uh ESPN recently fired uh, oh. Jeff Van Gundy. A lot of people, but a lot of layoffs. Yeah, yeah. Now, one thing that I noticed in particular with Jeff was he was usually a vocal person when he was doing commentary. He would yes. uh, he would say he would constantly mention um, things he wasn't happy with as far as the refing was concerned in the NBA. And you know, this could be a coincidence. I don't know, but I just did, did find that interesting that he was critical and then he got fired as well. So I don't know if that was. Uh, related that could be a completely different situation but spencer. that's what it reminded me of immediately <laughs> spencer spencer said the quote of the day is go fuck yourself san diego you've <laughs> never seen anchorman spencer have you i need to watch it you I do it's actually on my list of stuff oh, oh yeah particularly my. that first one yeah though the second one is pointless you don't need to watch the second one don't even bother i still watch one. it yeah watch it. i guess it was so bad though it had some good cameos I, I, it did you're hey, right hey Nay, nay. If you guys want, go back and watch the rated R version of Anchorman Two. It is so much better than. Oh the yeah, absolutely. That's oh, true. It, I'll agree with that. Oh, it is so good. And and they have like oh, a musical. Yeah, they have a musical number they added in with the, the R rated oh, version. Oh nice. Which, by the oh, way, it, it is not. It is not PC for today's crowd. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> oh, you know what? Maybe even better. Maybe I'll review it. <laughs> Yeah. Or something. Anyway, so so anyway, so back on, track. back on track. So, but so because the internet went a tizzy, he's coming back Friday. He'll be back in the booth calling Orioles games nice. against the Seattle Mariners. So the internet Only won the day. The internet won that. the day. Don't in this that. one, had they not gone to bat for him, won the day. Probably would still be fired. Probably. You're right. Absolutely. Without <laughs> the internet, he probably hard. would still be fired. Only because they, they boiled up a storm. That's it. Everybody reason. ripped the. And this is a team again that's in first place, winning games like. Which is not. Which bad is not. For them. That's which good is news. not. Yeah, yeah, it's very good for them. It's not normal for them right now. If it hasn't been normal for them in in thirty some years, you know, forty years, uh, there was they just celebrated their forty year anniversary of their last World Series win. You know, if it was Cal Ripken's second season, I think. Uh, so, 
Um, so that's why you've been wearing the O's hat proudly this season. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually great. haven't worn any O's hats. The only O's hat I've worn is the Marvel one. The Marvel, the Marvel Aberdeen one. Yeah. one. Um, yeah, yeah. That's the only O's one I've really worn regularly. Everything else has been random. Like, you know, and then I'm wearing Mandalorian tonight, so... Because <laughs> it's red, and I saw red, nice, and I grabbed nice. it. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. We gotta have red somewhere in the show. It's great to hear, though, that the the fans were able to affect positive change like that. In a sense, where it wasn't, it was to get someone their job back, and it was normally it, it's to and, get somebody and, fired. And the management was able to listen to the fans, right? They didn't just ignore them and be like, uh, "We don't care what you think." They actually took that into account, whether it was based on you know just trying to cut trying to mitigate the damage they've already done or not, they still listened. So I think that's important. Do you think had he not been hired right back on, Chris, do you think the fans might have staged like a walkout where they played like a a game to an almost empty stadium? No, because winning cures everything. Now, that being said, last night (laughs) it could have happened after the O's were up by three in the top of the ninth inning. And gave up a grand slam and lost the game by one. <laughs> but, Yikes. Uh, yeah, so. Yikes. Um, it would have been funny if they got yeah. up during the seventh inning stretch and just left the game. That would have been funnier. <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll stay for seven so. innings. Then we're going to leave for the end. And they got they got this in the bag. They won the game. Wrong. Yeah. Oh no. That's what I, I I thought we had it in the game in the bag, and then I look over. It was during D and D, and I looked the over. I had it on mute, and the bases were loaded, yeah. and I'm like, oh no. And <laughs> Kyle fuck, Tucker's up, who's a, a home run hitter. And I'm like, ah, but we got this. You know, we're not going to give up a home run. Yeah. And I look Come away, on, and I look over, this. and it's seven to six instead of six to three. And I'm like, oh fuck me. I didn't turn it <laughs> off though, because you never know what's going to happen in the bottom of the ninth lane being down by one. And then as That's soon as it was too, over, though, I turned yeah. it off. And it was a good D and D session last <laughs> night, though. So at least that was yeah, helpful was. To, to to get my mind off of a crappy O's loss. I didn't even think twice about it until later today, probably. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, like, I I, I was uh, listening to something recently where they they've done studies in terms of uh, sports fans. And a lot of people, if you're not into into sports, this might be something you're not aware of. Is like, well, why are people so into it? The fans get a uh, a specific reaction from from rooting for a team, and it it's becomes a very uh, it's like living vicariously through the team. So when the team wins, you get a uh, chemical reaction from that, and when you lose, the same thing happens. So mm-hmm. it's, it's something that that uh, I wasn't I hadn't didn't really hadn't really thought of. But it makes a lot of sense. It's like there's a reason why people are so into it for that. Because you get a direct chemical yep. reaction. It's that dopamine, that. man. It's yeah. yeah, dopamine. It's adrenaline as well, though, because yeah. it puts, testosterone, I believe. Well, it it puts stress on your body, uh, which is funny because you know I've I've been cheering in a watching watching sports and and felt flourish doing it <laughs> it's weird yeah. yeah yeah man so um <laughs> did you get flourish during that full bases loaded moment you go, oh shit nah because i was playing D D at the time and i was so fo- again i looked yeah. away and it wasn't really it was the side of my mind so and again 162 games you're not gonna win them all 
No, and especially never. the fact that we're in first place. I'm, you know, I'm just very happy <clears throat> how the season has been going. Um, you know, and it's it's crazy. Um, I'll talk more about it next week because I know what my pick of the week is going to be next week. Um, now, nice. Uh, so. Uh, so are we on watch? Is, is are we going to keep an eye on this guy? See if he gets fired again next week? No, 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 So no, he'll be back. He's a great announcer. Great, I mean, great play-by-play guy. Uh, really uh, excited to hear him back in the booth. Don't mind the the new guy they've been using, but definitely miss the Rick and everyone. Obviously, did because you know the internet won the day. So. I can't you know wait for the next headline to be O's win in Tampa again. Yeah. What else did the uh... <laughs> you know what the internet wants? You know what the internet yeah. has been wanting? Yeah, let and, here. And it might actually be let, happening. This is what might be happening. <laughs> Zuck. Oh dear. Versus Zuck. Musk. Fight will be Zuck live streamed Musk. on X. All proceeds All will go to charity. Yes, you know we're Man. gonna have to make an event. I never cared for like uh, this at all, like any sort of fights like this. But like, I mean, this one's a different level of stakes. Oh, it's two fifty-year-old some dude, fifty-some-year-old <laughs> dudes going at it. Your Goliaths of the tech like, world. Though. Yeah, <laughs> right? the only thing that could make this better is if they rave late forties, early fifties. How how old are they? Hold on. Hold so um, Elon Musk, I think, is fifty one. Zuckerberg's got an age uh, advantage young, on him by so. like eight or nine oh, yeah. years. Yeah, Zuckerberg's like early forties. Yeah. He's yeah forty two. He you know he's not even. <gasps> Zuckerberg is, is no, he's <laughs> only uh, thirty nine. Yeah, that's wow. what I thought. Wow. I uh, heard someone talking and about he's in recently. shape too. He's in shape now. Yeah, no, this is something a lot of people yeah. don't know about, or I didn't know about Mark Zuckerberg is that he actually does train in martial arts. He does, so. yes, yes. Yeah. He's he's not he's a scrub. <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk just <laughs> yeah. turned fifty-two. He's a cancer like myself. His birthday is four days after mine. And there was some. I don't know if you guys saw this as well. There was some pictures that uh, Lex Friedman posted about him training with Elon Musk. Um. So they, they, he's been training as well. So they both got, you know. Someone wants to, someone to find one of those for who. us. I remember Zuck was training with somebody as well. Yeah, let me look at it. Who. Thank you. Zuck training. I, I think it was on Lex was. Friedman's uh, X page. Use the bathroom BRB. All right. Let me see here. Oh, he's got a so, video on here. He's got like a 13-minute video. I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. I just saw a few pictures. Maybe it was screenshots of this video that I saw. Mm-hmm. Now, this is here. definitely going to be a pay-per-view. This is a, 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 sure a pay-per-view. Will you guys pay oh, into this pay-per-view bad. for charity to watch so, Zuck here. versus Musk? And will will it... Uh, you know what would be even better is if they can get... Um, what's his name? Oh, my God. Who's the guy that does the UFC fights? This oh, got the podcast. Go. Joe Rogan. If they can get Joe Rogan to do the commentary for the fight, dude, oh. it's going to be the most epic fight on the internet. It could be pretty entertaining. I hope they they sell out tickets at the event, like for the in person seating, because so, yeah. that crowd that crowd is going to go nuts. 
this is something I was not aware yeah. of, but uh, apparently, uh, yeah, George St. Pierre is, is the uh, quote unquote sensei for for Elon, for Team Elon. Ooh. So, yeah, go. shout out to George St. Pierre, fellow Since Canadian. Well, Elon and, and Joe Rogan, to go back to Patrick, Joe Rogan and Elon are friends, I believe. Yeah, because on Joe, the that podcast, one episode, Joe Rogan did the podcast where he made a smoke Yeah, that was a big controversy weed, for some yeah. reason. I don't know why. Oh my God, weed. Elon even admits that was probably bad PR all these years later. He's like, yeah, that one's kind of stuck with me over the years. Like, everyone brings it. Remember that time you smoked Mm, weed on Joe Rogan? Whatever. Weed's so legal (laughs) now everywhere. It's, you know, for the most part. Who cares? It's been been legal here for for years. I hope hope Joe Rogan does the commentary for the fight. That could be really entertaining. That would be cool. Yeah, I agree. I just want to see this. I just want to see it happen, period. I don't care who does anything too in the ring. I just want to see yeah. it. You see him go at it. Okay. <laughs> and I, I want to see like Dana White and um, what? Here we go. I want to see go. like all like the WWE, AEW, and UFC guys, MMA guys, all the CEOs come together and just shake hands for one night. Like, yeah, we're here to enjoy this together. <laughs> oh my! See, see Triple H shaking hands with people—that'd be great. How how many people? I mean, look at these pictures. They could be <laughs> staged, man. Elon Musk has so much money. It's like, hey, man, I mean, are you kidding me? They're both rich. Uh, yeah, but but you're really gonna compare how rich Elon Musk is compared to Lex Friedman? Not Lex Friedman. I'm talking about just as, oh no no, no 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 look at the look at the no dude yeah, look just, at the pictures uh, that that Geo come on man get with the program oh, here I don't have it I don't have it on screen I'm looking at video sorry I'm on look okay, at your yeah, so phone I just, uh, your phone man use your phone it's in Discord sorry, man sorry I was live posting. This good man. Whoa. But yeah, yeah and you've voice. got it on stream there, Chris? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah so it's pictures? basically uh, there's uh, like I said Lex Friedman posted this on his on his Twitter page of him training with <laughs> with Elon and then in the picture for anybody listening it's uh it shows uh basically it looks like a um he he's doing like a almost a hip toss on him in the one picture yeah. mid throw and so Lex Friedman's in midair, so it looks really good in the picture. Sure, I, I didn't watch, like I said, there's a 13 minute video on his on his page. I haven't watched that yet. On Lex's that. page, yes. Okay, so okay. I don't know well, what that shows. Okay, can we can we like can we yeah. mute the audio and then put yeah, that like uh, absolutely the training the training Red music React. behind it? Here it is. <laughs> the, like the uh, what do they call like the Rambo training music? Oh, this is including. Okay. No, this is Lex Friedman and George St. Pierre training uh, and discussing okay. jujitsu, including. And the he's discussing the fight. It's not actually. Okay, training. so we don't get to see footage. Of no. Him. And then. <laughs> even more sus. Even more sus. Even more sus. I'll, I'll find it funny, like if right before the fight, like Elon releases like a, a five minute like training montage. I want you guys to, to discuss like, this. I, have to go I wonder something. if they've already recorded something and they're like just they're waiting to post it right before the fight so they can sell more tickets. <laughs> you know what even funnier well, is if they got a camera else. crew, the ca- a camera crew for both of them. So you get like the back and forth montage, like where they're both like. I'm looking forward <laughs> to this. 
getting ready for the big fight. Yeah, now, me personally, like, I am a, a fight fan. I do watch yeah. uh, UFC. I watch some boxing, things like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't follow it super closely, but I'm a fan. Uh, but uh, that being said, like with the celebrity fights, I typically don't yeah. bother because especially if it's celebrity boxing, because to me, it's like I'm not going to be down to watch a, you know, a half always hour. a draw. There's never well, really a real it's, winner. It's, it's there's not going to be a knockout. It's going to be a 30 minute hug fest. And then, yeah. you know, it's, someone's going to win by decision. That's what, what happens every time. Yep. So it's like I'm, it's not really my cup of tea. Um, mm -hmm. I know that the recent Jake Paul fight did get a huge amount of uh uh views like uh, not yeah. only live but then they posted the the highlights after on youtube and i think within the first several hours it got like eight million views so which is not shocking uh, to me honestly because he, yeah. he in terms of celebrity boxing he's definitely up there and of course his brother's in wwe now and he's pulling big numbers for wwe so it's like yeah you, you might not like the paul brothers but man they they bring in the uh the ad revenue. Yeah, they sure. definitely know how to bring eyeballs to to they them. Got, they got that brand recognition. Yeah. You know? So I think. Um, but that being said, I didn't watch that that last fight. I think. But if you look at something like this, for example, yeah, there's no chance I'm missing this fight. If it happens, no. yeah, I'll yeah, be yeah. watching it. There's the world will stop to watch those two giants fight. <laughs> oh man, it's, it's gonna be a TKO. We don't know what? who it's gonna be. What timeline are we living in here? This is ridiculous. The, the <laughs> fact ridiculous. they both agreed to it is just amazing. And like I, I remember I think like when they announced it, I was like, I did not put this on my 2023 bingo card. Like this You're is right. nobody did. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> nobody did. Unless well, it's like the Simpsons or something, but you know. And like, you know the Simpsons predicts everything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they probably predicted this like 20 years ago, like two tech giants to fight. It's crazy. Now, uh, do you think it's going to be a hug fest, Geo? Honestly, well, it, first of all, they've said that it's not going to be a boxing match. So, if it's not a boxing oh, match, because yeah, he's a kickboxer, uh, Zuckerberg is. Yeah, that gives me hope that if it does go down, that it's not going to be. You know, that's the thing. Whenever you hear celebrity boxing, it's like it doesn't yeah. always mean it's going to be bad. But it, that for yeah. me, that's like a red flag. Um, so, if it be if it's an actual MMA bout. Then Sounds more like be, MMA yes. or UFC, something closer to that. That's why yeah. I was kind of hoping maybe they do get Joe Rogan involved somehow. For sure. So if it's, that that's his cup of tea right there. Yeah, absolutely. And if it's going to be, uh, if it's going to be an MMA bout, then that's something that I, that could potentially be interesting. Now, I mean, you got to look at it realistically too. It's like, are these guys really going to put themselves in serious harm's way when they're worth billions of dollars? You know, unless the they the, got health insurance. Yeah, and it, so I think I think you know, we have to like kind of limit our expectations to a certain level. But that being said, that's not going to stop me from watching it. It's going to be a friendly. They're both friendly <laughs> with each other. They they both agreed. They they were throwing some internet smack talk. It's very. It's going to be very friendly. They'll maim each other a little bit. Sure, they might. They're they're going home with bruises. There's no doubt about it. We can confirm that right now. They're going home <laughs> bruised and battered, there's, one way or another. But there's at always the end a of the chance. Match, they're gonna shake hands. It's gonna happen. This is all for charity. So yeah, exactly right. Uh, but I mean, there is that that small chance that their their anger kind of takes over and they get a little, uh, you know, rougher than they intended. They, yeah. they might get but, a little rough, but I don't think it's gonna be out of anger. It'll be out of just they know there's gonna be eyeballs watching. 
Yeah, they they want to give give the people something, right? They want to put on a show like the wrestlers do. That's yeah. You're not you're not there to you know like, you know tap fists and you know hug fest it out. I, I'm sure you know what that that should be how they end it since it's for charity. <laughs> Just end it with a hug. Just be like, it's like we're cool, bro. We're cool. <laughs> I think that's that's a good point too. Is like they could both be in on this from a certain perspective, knowing that all it does is it's just bringing more eyeballs to the both of them. Right. So it keeps yeah, their names in the gonna, news. It's going to get ta- people talking people. about them. It's going to get threads. Maybe some more users. X is going to blow up even larger. Elon might sell some more Dogecoin, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it, it's all in good fun and it's for charity. And if, if Chris knows anything, charity is always a good thing to push. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess maybe we should just. Oh, he's not back yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's not, not back, back yet. We're still talk about it. Yeah, well, yeah. Spencer, you probably have done it the most with him. Um, so, what is coming up in September? Let's see. I believe, if I remember right, that's the Rare Disease Month, right? I, I, I think that's what Rare it is. Disease Month, but that weekend specifically also coming up. There's a specific weekend. But we'll be celebrating all month long. Oh, Chris is back. Let Chris plug it. He's got all the deeds. Okay. There you oh, go. World Auto Inflammatory Awareness Month. My run. I got the month switch uh, mixed up in my yeah. uh, mind of which is which. And so, uh, anyway, uh, there's a giant month long celebration that we have planned here. Uh, if anybody, I mean, if anybody tuned in previously to Greenfellas, where you may have seen some of us at before, uh, we did big charity streams over there. So we're going to be pretty much bringing those over to Red Shirts Remastered instead, doing lots of charity stuff that we have planned. Uh, and so lots of fun yeah, stuff that we're working on both. Uh, I mean, honestly, we're going to be celebrating throughout the month and trying to push for it and try to get donations in. So uh it's going to begin right away whenever in september uh, we're going to be plugging it throughout the entire month uh have special weekend plans that's going to be special but also special events throughout the whole month as well uh, more details on yeah. exactly what all that is will follow for the children for the children exactly and if you guys are lucky maybe i'll do some more shots of fireball again <laughs> Oh yeah, man! I I, I I still remember that. Yeah, that was oh, that was rough. Five back-to-back shots of Fireball whiskey. I will. I hope. Now, if you guys donate for the kids, it'll happen again. It was not pleasant for me, but I will do it again. Chris, I'm confirming it. That we have. If they donate for the kids, <laughs> I will do more shots of Fireball for the audience. Yeah, I, 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 against my better judgment. Yeah, we're planning. We're planning. Yeah, we're and if there's that. anything you all want to see, anybody listening, please, if you have any suggestions, we'll we'll we have open ears, and then we'll take any suggestions. Uh, consider it like what would be something fun that you'd want to see us do? Because that's something we're actively trying to think of is what's some fun bits that we could try to do. And so, if anybody thinks of anything, Spencer singing we'll karaoke again. One no. thing I haven't done yet. <laughs> Is a uh, I haven't done like a drunk soul stream, or uh, I guess it would be oh. like a drunk Elden Ring, where every time you die, you have to. Every time you die, you take a shot. 
no, Gio, you're gonna be so plastic. So maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't want to put it in stone, but that's an idea. Ooh, I could do an inebriated flight simulator. <laughs> I'd be like trying to land the plane. It's like I'm in turbulence in the game, but I'm also in turbulence in my head at the same time. <laughs> well, hopefully if they if Discord decides they want to get their act together with the future. We can do that too. It just won't be yeah. lined up on yeah. time. There'll be a little delay, but we'll make we'll make it work. Yeah, we'll make it. Work. I am hoping I'm hoping Discord rolls this feature out publicly very soon, though, for the rest of us. That, that will simplify things ten times, ten times over. So, yep, it's only in beta right. for insiders right now, sadly. But hopefully, right. I, I've tried to dig in and see if there's anything public on that. I they haven't made the official announcement on when they want to release that. So that could be see. a month. That could be wait two weeks away. That could be another year. We might not see that till next year. We don't Wait know. See. Hurry up to wait. Yep. <laughs> Waiting. Yeah. Wow. Well, I wouldn't say I was so excited for it, but I mean, I was definitely looking forward to. Uh, there's all these rumors about. One of the biggest games on the PS3 slash three Xbox 360 era was Red Dead Redemption, right? So big that I got a massive sequel, right? But the first game was a big success, and there's been all these rumors that they could do like a big like remaster of sorts for the game. And so there's been like rumors for like at least over the past year of some sort of big remake coming, right? And so uh, and so with me, somebody that's been wanting to play through that first one uh, sometime uh, and or the second one. They don't have a version for the, the newer consoles, correct? Uh, we'll Just get backwards compatibility. Okay, okay we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, and so anyway, with these rumors of a remaster, I was really looking forward to a full on remaster, right? Especially with so many companies doing overall solid remasters of like touching up bits for different games right and so that was something i was looking forward to however uh as since got has gotten announced that rockstar is uh there is something new coming to thread debt well not really new uh the new thing is is that the original version it's not a remake or remaster of any sorts it's instead just going to be a port that is then going to go on to uh ps4 playstation 5 and switch and so uh it's such a so dumb if you in my opinion yep. it's just like you know having this big yep. remaster that people were really wanting and they're like you know what no nah, they're not going to remaster anything like that but what we're going to do is we're going to give you this uh just a straight up port so at least playstation and switch can play it which yeah okay but still, it's not what the people were wanting, and people have been crying about that for years. And I think the reason why they went yeah. this route is because of the uh, that GTA trilogy fiasco that they did, of where they ter they terribly 
they did a terrible job of remasters for the GTA for those big three older GTA games, right? Because it's San, uh, San Andreas three and Vice City, right? And those were those honestly would be the three I'd like to play. So seeing that, I was like, oh, cool, having some a remaster of those would be awesome. And then they did a god awful job, and so because they did an awful job and nobody bought it, mm -hmm. they think people don't want remasters of their big games, and so instead. They piss off people even more to uh, give people now ports. So it's like, really, Rockstar? What the fuck are you doing? So are they I just giving the a middle finger people... to the audience, you think? Well, it, the other thing, too, is there was they were taking down, if I'm not mistaken, they were taking down fan-made uh, mods and remasters. So there was oh, someone yeah, they're who was not working on them. Yeah. yeah, they made, they, there was someone who had done a, uh, a homemade remaster, essentially, with mods, and it was mm -hmm. better than their version, at least according to the, the people yeah. that I heard. And they uh, were sending them cease and desists to get that taken down so people would buy their version, which was evidently mm. inferior. Which is such so a bad. joke. And yeah. I think, like, and so, I, was, I mean, yeah. it's a whole situation. Yeah, just this whole situation pisses me off, but go on, Gio. No, I was just going to say, I think, to my understanding, the, the only way to play the, the first Red Dead Redemption was if you have, like, a series console, of course, you can play the, the Xbox 361. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't know yes. if there was an option for PlayStation because they no. don't have backwards compatibility. No, that's the thing, and that's the, why they're doing a port. Maybe just streaming, yeah. but I don't think so. Uh, and, of course, Switch obviously didn't have it at all. So. Yeah, and so that's why they're now doing a port because yep. and they're not doing the yeah. port for Xbox at all because they don't need to. Yeah, because it was already in right. the store. It's already, it's already on the already store on digital and, and che much cheaper. That's the other much thing. cheaper. It's like That's the other big twenty thing. bucks for for that. And to make twenty it bucks better, this price. A lot of times they'll go on sale for ten bucks. Yep, and they're selling this new one for fifty bucks. Yeah, it's and you can go to Switch. GameStop and pick it up for seven or eight bucks physical yeah. and pop it into your Xbox yep. anyways. And it'll just give you the twenty dollars yeah, version. Exactly. So everybody's yeah. like, if you if you're already Xbox owner, you have no excuse. This is pretty cheap and affordable. It, yeah. I mean, uh, this yeah, this just this sounds like another so company that likes to put out cease and desists and yep. you know block their content from from being free yeah. use. Yep. Geo, I know there's something you wanted to talk about. <laughs> Yes, uh, in regards to that, uh, you know, Rockstar's not the only company who's uh, been doing some litigation and things of that nature. Uh, looks like recently in the news, uh, Nintendo has come under some fire for doing something similar. Now, um, basically, the uh, obviously, they just released K Tears of the Kingdom, the new Zelda game, which has been getting lots of acclaim. Everyone's been enjoying the game, but we've seen... Nintendo uh, deciding to put out some patents. Uh, from what I'm seeing, they've done over 30 patents over different uh, abilities and, that Link has and just different mechanics in the game in an attempt to make it so that essentially no other company can use those mechanics in their games. Now, if uh, if you're not familiar, this is something that game companies have been doing for, for years. Famously, Namco uh, patented the idea of having a mini game during a loading screen. Now, obviously, loading screens aren't something that we really deal with as much nowadays but back in the day loading screens could take sometimes minutes so uh the there was i remember i, I believe it was um 
either the Fantastic Four game or Iron Man Exo Manowar, maybe both. During on, on PlayStation during that loading screen, there was a little car racing mini game that you could play. And so that was like a really cool thing that they, they had. And then after that, you really didn't see it happen. Come to find out it was because Namco patented the idea so no one else could do it. That patent ended up running out in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, but it's kind of irrelevant now. The most famous one that we're all aware of is uh, the Nemesis system from the uh, Shadows of War uh, game. I think it was Warner Brothers who were in charge of that, who patented that idea that patent still stands so that's a system that you do that you cannot uh duplicate in another game so it's ever since those patents have uh come out it's been an idea where it's like this these kind of uh, uh this type of litigation is is really hampering the uh, development of games it's hampering the um, amount of ideas that you can do so the idea that Nintendo is going in the same direction is causing a lot of concern for people, especially when Nintendo is really a beloved company to a lot of people with the the quality of their games. You know, like I said, Tears of the Kingdom has gotten rave reviews, just like the like Breath of the Wild. But I think what's happened here is we've seen Nintendo get to the point where after Breath of the Wild came out, so many of the ideas were borrowed for other games. Uh, you know, most noticeably, I just mentioned Elden Ring, and, and I, th I think they have no shame in saying that they they copied some of the ideas for for, for Elden Ring from from Breath of the Wild. So Nintendo, in their mind, is presumably is saying, "Okay, how can we prevent this from happening again? We'll just patent all the ideas." So I think that this is, uh, yeah, this is naturally causing a lot of concern where we're going to get another Shadow of War situation where, you know. If that was one patent with the Nemesis systems, so if, if even if all thirty of these don't go through, if one or two of them go through, that could prevent a lot of great ideas from coming out to uh, to other games. So yeah, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on I that. I think were. it's worth. I think it's worth mentioning specifically what abilities were mentioned here because it is yeah, a couple absolutely. of huge additions. Yeah, that uh, was in the game, uh, and the main two is. Uh, one is the ability that you can like rewind time is one of the filings that they did uh, to where you can pick an object and anything that it did and it like movement that it moved around and say like the last 20 30 seconds something like that maybe not quite that long we'll say 20 seconds it'll go back to that position but it'll like follow back its track and time of that like that amount of seconds and the and so that was such a cool way uh, of how to be able to do things. Uh, that was such a big way to be of how to solve puzzles, get across certain areas, uh, like traversal. Like something they showed off when for, they first showed off a lot of these abilities was you have falling pieces coming from the sky, and you could jump on one of those pieces, use the rewind, so then you'd be on this rock that just flies upwards, and then you could use that as a vantage point to go wherever you want. Yeah, that and was so very cool addition. Yeah, yeah, and so there's all sorts of cool ways you could use that rewind in, a, in addition to like solving puzzles. In addition to that, the other big one that really stands out to me is that uh, it was that ability of Link being able to travel up uh, through any surface that's above him. No matter like if there's anything above your head in that game, you could go through it. You know, whether you're stuck in a cave, okay, I guess I'll end up back on the hill or uh, anything like oh stuck in this dungeon okay let me just go up to the next level if i'm if i could reach the ceiling and so uh it's such a i don't know those are both two huge mechanics 
because uh, you know in breath of the wild you have like that wheel of uh different abilities so this is all kind of like upgraded versions of those and those are two huge abilities in the game absolutely and so uh, using the patenting these abilities they're a huge uh i feel like just kind of sucks because it'd be like while i don't necessarily see other uh huge companies necessarily using this idea i think it's something that'd be great that other like uh maybe indie developers could have messed with more uh, for their particular own open world games. Um, Cause I feel like you don't get that creative that much with uh, other big triple A developers. Cause, cause it's like focused on open world shooters or Assassin's Creed. Yeah. They'll stick to their, uh, but you can see other really cool open world things that uh, smaller developers try to mess with. Right. And so there's other, all sorts of other cool open world games that like me and Chris find all the time on steam. And so, uh, I just think it's unfortunate that uh, stuff like this is being patented to where others can't use it. And, uh, I mean, those are just such big features to where I, I think gaming has a natural evolution to where they all just build on each other. You know, they take some ideas of what works and see what happens from there, right? Like, there's a reason why gaming's at the way it is today. It's you know one of the biggest gaming franchise franchises of like you know, gta or that we were just talking about like it didn't they didn't come up with all those mechanics themselves and so i think uh pat patenting these uh specific things that you can do in a game it really hurts the industry because then people can't build off of those ideas and grow off of it and uh i think it's a terrible thing for the gaming industry honestly it's Really, it really annoys me seeing all this happening, and especially like that Nintendo goes into this and, and is doing it. It annoys me really much. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think there's a little bit of hypocrisy there as well because when you look at it, the fact that some people pointed out like Nintendo wasn't the first to do some of these mechanics as well. So it's like, but I think the way it works legally mm -hmm. is it's yeah, uh, whoever first files the patent. So if, if you're the, the original, first to file it. Yeah, yes. whoever first mm -hmm. uses it, that's irrelevant. Who for yeah. who first actually goes mm -hmm. out of their way to file that patent? Um, yeah, but it, it, mm -hmm. and it's yeah, it's a little bit of hypocrisy in that sense. It's like yes, Nintendo is known as innovators in some sense, but it's like there's a level of creativity mm -hmm. that comes from borrowing ideas, and I think that you can that mm -hmm. goes to every level of creativity, every level of art that you can think of. Precisely. You know, there's I understand not wanting their ideas straight up ripped off and stolen. I, I can I can appreciate that, but it's there, there's That's there's the levels to it. That's the thing is with no matter kind of art you're looking at, it's always I feel like every artist is always inspired some way or some other by another artist before them. Absolutely. And so whenever whenever an artist is then looking and be like, oh, that's awesome. How could I turn this into something I can use? Well, in the case of gaming, you can't do that, right? It's like, okay, what if I wanted to make something where the whole thing was about going through something that's above me, right? Like playing with that gimmick is the whole game. Well, you can't do that now. And so, uh, yeah. That's, that's how I feel about it. Any other uh, comments to add on to that? No. I... Yes briefly um so yeah. 
if we've learned cool. anything yeah. over the last years, it is Nintendo has their ninjas that are their lawyers. So <laughs> do tread tread lightly around the Nintendo ninjas because if you even come up with a concept even close to these, they they will issue a cease and desist. <laughs> Unless you can prove it is unique yeah. enough and different enough, then they'll be like, okay, you're good. Right. But anyway, speaking of Nintendo, something that's better that uh something I'm looking forward to that is uh, that won't piss me off like that did <laughs> is the fact that there is a uh, the the whole Nintendo Switch 2. Uh, we've had a bit of rumors come out over this past uh, week. Um, some big updates that come out. Uh, that Yeah, that's just uh, recently updated. Uh, I found this nice little article here that has everything all together. And uh, I think it's worth mentioning what else has come up what else has come out previously to this leading up so that we know like all the information that goes together uh like the first e existence of this whole switch that was hinted at was actually from ubisoft where ceo said something along the lines of where like nintendo pretty much told him to wait to release a new mario and rabbits game until the uh switch 2 essentially and then also uh, apparently, Nintendo's confirmed that Nintendo accounts will switch over to Switch 2, or at least hinted at it. And so, which we could see some backwards compatibility, maybe with digital. We'll get back to that in just a moment. And then, uh, we also have this report saying that the Switch 2, and then a couple of different sources has corroborated this information, saying that Switch 2 is slated for uh, 2024 launch, but it would be in the second half of the year. Uh, and then... Now, and then there's another rumor that also says that uh, Switch 2 will have an LCD display that is currently bigger than the uh, OLED model. I don't remember exactly the size of it. And we'll have uh, 512 gigs of internal storage already on it, which is such a ma massive, nice upgrade compared to the eight inches crappy of display. 32 gigs that we had. Eight inch display. I, so I can't remember if it was seven or eight. I think it's eight because I think the standard was and like so a six point five. <clears throat> yeah, it's... yeah, it's what see it's seven or eight. I don't remember. But they they compared so... it to like the Steam Deck uh... and like the ROG Ally. This new Switch is gonna have the biggest screen in handheld gaming, hands down. Yeah, I'm and glad not only you... about the screen, there will also be. Oh, go on. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's what they're kind of having to compete with is obviously the Steam Deck being the big one and the ROG Ally being the the, uh, the newest addition to the competition. So it's like they're kind of having to respond to those directly. Um, so I think that we might see that in some of the decisions they make going forward with the Switch 2. Sadly, it sounds like they're trying to cut costs yeah. in a few areas at this time. And I, I think, Spencer, you also said it, at least the one good thing is they're trying to hit, what was it, PS4-level graphics, at, at least minimum for a handheld? So that's the other thing I was just about to say, is, uh, well, not necessarily graphics, but, uh, well, I mean, I guess it would be with, naturally, but it would be more closer to a PS4 slash PS4 Pro uh, system power, which I think would be great for it. Uh, because, I mean, I, I think it'd be a little unreal to expect uh, the power of, like, what a PS5 and uh, yeah. Series X can do on a handheld. So I think having something, like, uh, equating, I guess, because I guess that's kind of closer to, like, what the Steam Deck already does. 
And so I think yeah. it'd be great for Nintendo to get more into the modern as far as like what uh, I think they power cannot, that has because that limited a lot of games. They can't do 720p anymore, just standard. It's got to be at least 1080 or higher. I think we, I, don't, we don't know about anything like that. That's I was thing. pretty impressed with yeah, what the Switch was able that, to yeah. do itself. So I think it, it like I wasn't yeah. even I didn't I didn't look at the Switch as a, uh, inferior. So I think that uh, yeah, like it, was, it was it was cool because it was handheld. That was the the big get about it for sure. But I think like Breath of the Wild is a perfect example of that. that's just a top tier game on any platform it would have been on, and uh, the fact yeah. that it runs great on the Switch is uh, just a testament to. To its uh, to its abilities, and I guess the development team as well. But and if you look close said, enough, you can see the the you know where they they cut the corners to you know make it graphically work for sure. But for it sure. is still a beautiful game. Absolutely, I think. Um, mm-hmm. What was I going to say? Yeah. Sorry, I, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> Talking about Switch Two. Anyway, uh, you're you're all good. Well, speaking of graphics, the Switch Two is also having some sort of special like Nvidia chip. Uh, that's integrated into it. That's going to help a lot with these different graphical processes. That gets me excited. Uh, really excited. Rumor tipping a Tegra chip of some some sorts is yep. what this is. Uh, Which I think anyway, was is, is what's in the chip, switch now. It's just an upgraded uh, one. Yeah. What, what, I, I, I heard somebody, uh, not reference necessarily in this article, but I heard somebody else talk about this. And I heard it, something equated to like a 3050 or something. And so, if we get something cre- uh, close to that for a handheld, would be pretty good. That'd be amazing. Because um, that's the thing is, it's supposedly, it sounds like it is going to be like a Switch Two. Is literally what it sounds like because it's still going to supposedly be with a hybrid. You're still supposedly going to get, um, you're still going to have cartridges. Uh, it'll supposedly be a different kind of cartridge. However, there's a possibility that digital games could carry over. We'll see. Uh. And so, yeah, I mean, we just don't know much as far as any of that goes, uh, as far as all these different uh, connectivity and all sorts of other, how things will connect back to the previous Switch, if at all. Because this is the thing, is Nintendo isn't really known for doing backwards compatible that much. So we'll see. No, not very Absolutely. often. I mean, they do here and there. And that's the thing, I've heard at least so, one but, developer, yeah, we'll I've heard at least one developer state that, that they have concerns about the... Uh, um, abilities of backwards compatibility or not even just backwards compatibility but the ability to port a Switch 1 game onto Switch 2. Um, so it's, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see I, how I hope it actually can make ends it work. Because, I mean, ba- backwards compatibility isn't necessarily a, a, a norm now. Well, it's becoming more of a norm is the more thing. Normal, so it's like, yeah. it's not necessarily but it's becoming more the norm is what I meant to say there. And so having that backwards compatibility would be very helpful with it. And so, uh, I don't know. I'm just hoping it's another great console. Um, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the Switch in its lifespan. This had so many great games. And the last big rumor I wanted to touch on this was the fact that there's a, uh, supposedly the big launch title with this new console would be a 3D Mario platformer, which would be great because, I mean, honestly, I don't think any of them's missed. They've all been great games. And I mean, the last one that we had was uh, Mario Odyssey, which is personally probably my favorite platformer. Excellent and so game. I love that game. And so it's amazing. And so seeing what could come next, you know, whether it's an Odyssey 2 or spiritual successor to it or however they're going to. I don't know. I just want to see Nintendo is always wacky with doing new things. 
because no two of their 3D games are like another other, except for Galaxy 2, because that's a direct sequel. So seeing... I just want to see what they're going to do for the next one, and I can't wait for it, because they're always so creative with their 3D titles. So, Yeah, one thing that uh, I think was interesting... Or, do, you, do anybody else have any thoughts about that? Or um, I'm just interested to see like what what's coming down the pipeline, whether it's for the remainder of the switch stuff or what's going to be launch titles for switch two. So that's well, actually switch what two was... being so far yeah, out. One of the, one of the big we're going to hear much about that right away. Yeah. I was going to go into that as the, uh, apparently Nintendo is, uh, outlined some upcoming Nintendo switch exclusives. And I think yes. the, uh, there's, a, there's a few that they mentioned, but one of the biggest takeaways of that was that they, uh, mentioned Metroid prime four. And they didn't mention it as a Switch 2 game. They mentioned it apparently as a Switch game, uh, which is, it, there's been some uh, questions of whether that was still coming, when it was coming. Uh, they still didn't mm -hmm. provide a date, as far as I can tell, uh, just to be announced. But uh, but they, I think that's the big takeaway of that, is that it, they're not going to hold off on it being a... Uh, we're not going to go. It's not going to uh, hold off on it being a Switch Two game. They're going to bring it right to the Switch. So if that ends up being the case, that would be amazing. Because yeah, the Metroid Prime series is yeah one of their uh, one of their best series. Uh, the Metroid no, in I general, have... but of course, you know, the Prime series have been been very good. I have an add on to add to that. Yeah, this is the thing that gets brought up mm -hmm. every time there's a new Nintendo generation. There is always a few titles. Now, if it's something they release within, I don't think it's going to be by the end of this year, early spring. If they were to release it, this is going to be a summer, fall, or winter next year title, either right before the release of the Switch 2 or around the release of the Switch 2. If I were a betting man, I think they're going to wait for the release of the Switch 2, and they're going to do like they did with the with the Zelda stuff, where they really, even though it is a Switch game developed... Uh, it will be released on both platforms. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So they, they might have some exclusive features or a bonus level. They'll have some sort of get to get you to buy the Switch 2 version. There'll be some something extra included. They'll yeah. be like, you got to get the Switch 2 version. There's added feature. You're going to love this. You'll be able to use your <laughs> your Nintendo Labo to shoot at your friends. <laughs> bring bring back the, yeah. uh, the cardboard. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll, they always find a way to innovate, and, and I, I don't know how true it is. There's been talk of Nintendo maybe implementing some sort of VR tech into this next Switch iteration, whether that's true or not. It would be cool if nah, maybe... That. It would be really cool if there was some sort of way, you know, maybe they're like, hey, if you buy this extra pair of goggles, you'll be able to play, you know, Prime 4 on the Switch 2 with the goggles. I feel like you're Samus. That's how they get you. You can pretend like you're inside Samus's helmet. That's how they get you to buy the the glasses or the goggles. Oh man, Metroid Prime in VR, that would be an experience, which I mean maybe That'd be crazy. You might be able to do it with some uh some um some mods to the uh the emulated version or something, but I haven't seen anything like oh, that yeah. that I'm aware of. Shigeru Miyamoto calls up Mark Zuckerberg. Mm -hmm. He is like, "Hey, can you boys help me out?" I think <laughs> I think that would be I think that'd be a great thing. Like I could see those two tech giants honestly like coming together to do something awesome like that. because yeah. uh, like Nintendo is all about their exclusivity. So like where else than Oculus? Yeah. Especially mm -hmm. the quest because of it being like, hey, you know, portability and it being a much 
easier option to get in, <sighs> easiest VR option to get into. The only way they but do anyway. it is if Zuckerberg wins the fight. There you go. That's how you. <laughs> that's how you get your first Stakes. person Elden Ring, uh, Geo. First person Elden Ring on VR. Yeah, no, there is actually a mod for that already. I just uh, I don't have a VR headset to play it, but okay. I would I would love to do that sometime. The first person what, mod alone is, is what is if fun Miyamoto enough. walks out on stage and is like, This is the game for you, Gio, with our new goggles. <laughs> We're releasing an Elden Ring port for Switch 2. <laughs> that's uh, it's quite the uh, reimagination, I guess you could say. He definitely so, had my attention. If that was the case, keep your eyes peeled on any VR news. I don't know if that's something I know at one one point in time in the last few months, it came out as one of the things they registered, they patented visual technology it's it, they at least patented it whether it makes it to the release version or not just, the patent is out there thing, it is official that's interesting my thing is whenever you're viewing vr lens right it's a very specific lens right yes to where yes. you know you put it up to your face it's you know not that far away from your eyes yeah. and you know it's very two specific circular lenses right i yeah. just don't see you know, anytime they turn like the phones or even the switch, it's always just a gimmick because all it is, it's never actual VR. It's an it's emulation not. of VR. And it's always like and you so, had to slide your switch into something. Right. You always have to slide in front of something because uh, that's the whole thing is it tries to emulate the VR experience. Now, if they found a way and to so, like do it in docked mode, that could work. Well, well yeah, you would need a separate headset then. Yeah, yeah, separate headset that plugs into your dock. Yeah, it'd be the PlayStation VR then. Yeah, exactly. It'd be the PlayStation VR Switch. But yeah. I don't see Nintendo doing it, but we'll see. Yeah. Now, we'll see. They're developing we'll something. See. We just don't know what. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here soon, but before we do, I feel like this segment can be called Patrick's gonna rant. So I say we just put Patrick up on the screen and let him go. What do you guys say? I'm no one will be able to hear us, but they'll be able to hear him and we can, you know, egg him on. I want input. I actually want input from you guys on this. So Uh, feel free to chime in. Feel free to chime in. No, no, no. The way that's the thing is I was going to put you on screen by yourself. And if that's the case, it's going to be us. We We can do that us muted basically from the stream but you'll be able to hear right. us but they won't for now yes. until you until you are done well, and then how, we'll come okay, on and just, give input just, no just let them rant without we'll the without so you have a few minutes to yourself now all right well. all right fellas so we're going to talk about probably one of my favorite franchises of all time this is something that started back in the 2000s on PC i'm going to i'm going to take you back to when Patrick was a wee lad of eight years old. I got to play. Oh my god, my, my girlfriend. She said, "Oh geez." <laughs> uh, so in 2002, we got the wonderful release that was Battlefield 1942. It was a blockbuster PC success. We got 64 player servers, World War II, Americans, Germans, British, Japanese. It was a cavalcade. It was fun. It gave us some really cool game modes. But what it introduced was Conquest, which has become a staple, not just in the Battlefield franchise, but in other franchises. And Call of Duty has used it over the years to kind of turn it into their domination mode in multiple COD uh, COD versions. So Conquest has been a mainstay from the very beginning. Then you get into franchises like, you know, Battlefield Bad Company, you get Rush Mode, you get some of these other modes that they try to innovate and, you know, 
worked through over the years and they've hit different time periods they've done world war ii vietnam modern combat they've done now they've done futuristic combat with 2142 way back in the day on pc i think that was 2006 2007 somewhere in there um and then they decided not to go futuristic but they did a mix of modern and futuristic now with the most recent release of 2042 they've played with gameplay they've played with modes but generally the consensus from what i've seen over the last um 21 to 22 years now with the franchise has been conquest as a mainstay uh even, even though it came later a lot of people really enjoy rush and then with the newest um game breakthrough mode is now starting to become slightly more popular so there's the three main game modes most battlefield fans typically will enjoy so if you're going to do a battlefield game those are the three modes you're going to focus on but conquest will always be the mainstay of the franchise regardless of what battlefield you're going to develop what area you choose you have to make a good conquest mode that being said uh, we're we're going to dive into this article. I'm going to read the main points here just real quick, and then from there we're going to kind of dissect it, and then I'm going to get into the ranty part, which you guys know and love, and you guys are waiting for, as Chris dives into a nice, wonderful snack. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to do this real quick. So... The word out of EA, the CEO of Electronic Arts. This is the head honcho. He doesn't just manage Battlefield. He manages all the EA sports stuff. He manages all the EA originals. He does everything under the EA umbrella. This is the head honcho. And he comes out and says, we're doing a reimagination of Battlefield. This is, this, this is next level. So when I read this, Spencer sent this to me. Anytime I hear a CEO say we're doing a reimagination of, of any franchise at face value, that is not good. That is not good news. It could be good news. That does not sound like good news. That sounds like executives trying to either, and EA is notorious for this, either push more microtransactions in the current market, which is what they're already starting to do. They've been doing this with the, the most you know, latest iteration with Battlefield 2042. It, it's it's become very prevalent in EA titles. This is a thing. It's not going away. It is staying. So microtransactions aside, generally everything's been cosmetic. Nothing is pay to win. For the most part in EA's library, they've been very good about trying not to be too pay to win. Unless it's maybe in like FIFA with, with their card system or or some of their other titles. So other than that, it's been mostly cosmetic. When they say reimagination, this is a franchise that has had 21 to 22 years to stew in the pot. Has it been reimagined re in a way? Kind of, sort of. This is fucking terrible. This is not good news for Battlefield fans because Battlefield fans have demands. They need those at least those two to three base game modes. They want solid gameplay. They want good netcode for the servers. They want sure cosmetics in the shop if you decide you want to purchase those they want a solid leveling system they demand in the modern day you need a server browser if that next battlefield does not launch with a server browser you're going to hear it on x twitter facebook you're going to hear it the battlefield fans are loud and clear in their demands on what they want 
So when they come out and say reimagination after what was, I would say, a pretty sad launch with 2042, I think you guys would all agree. 2042 was not a successful Battlefield launch. It was disgusting. For them to come out and say reimagination after that train wreck, that just sounds like they're trying to peddle more shit. Am I going to play it at launch? Maybe. We'll see how it goes. Um, Vince Sampella, I think if I read the article correctly, I think he's heading the project. I have full trust in Vince as a game developer. Dude is awesome. He has worked on stuff like Apex Legends. He is a mainstay in EA. He's a good guy. If you want to lead a good team, he's the guy you want. But until I hear what the game direction is, this worries the fuck out of me. Let's be honest. You're going to play it at launch. This is not good news. You're going to play it at launch. Let's be honest. I might play it at launch. If, if it's you're going to have Game Pass of, Ultimate and you're going to play your fucking 10 hours. I'm going to play your 10 fucking hours. try and see what I think. And then you're going to buy it, it. I'm not going to buy it if it's in a shit state with this whole reimagination. It's going to go right might, to Game Pass this time. What are you talking about? I'm going to try it out. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it if it's horse I bet you it'll go right to Game Pass this time after it'll what happened EA, last time. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I'm saying, like, they'll bypass the whole wait yeah, till go to the vault to thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they'll go yeah, right to it, Game Pass, I think. If it goes to Game Pass, and if their goal is more microtransactions, they won't give a shit if you buy it or not. They exactly. Play yeah, it just on Game Pass. microtransactions because that's, that's where they make exactly a majority of their cash. Right. Yep. Because they learned that from Epic Games with Fortnite, which is you can put out a free game and just stuff it full of microtransactions. You will make more money hand over fist than selling a sixty or seventy dollar game, Absolutely. hands down. Because once you start buying those microtransactions, they're so small, you start forgetting how much you spent in the game, and you end up spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And they're over there going, "Ha ha, we made money today, boys." Well, so this, when when they say reimagination, especially coming from a CEO, that screams that they're which, in his defense. He has a right to, you know, he has to work for his investors. That's the job of a CEO of a company. So I'm not blaming him for, you know, wanting to make money. That's his job at the end of the day. But when they say reimagining Battlefield, that worries me when you have such a historic uh, franchise. Yep. You cannot, you all it takes, and it showed us a Battlefield 2042 launch. All it takes is one game to ruin the whole franchise at a launch. Yeah, we yeah. yeah Battlefield okay. has come back. Spe- yes and no. Yes and no. Yay. Yes and no. The because, game is much better now. That's it's what I'm saying. You said now. you said it just takes one. Like you know, I mean, games. So, no Man's Sky, time. Sea of Thieves, all kinds say, of games that have got criticized. Do not sure. Do not rush this next game. I don't care if it's like Patrick. they have a deadline. They're supposed Patrick. to Patrick. They need. We get the point, Patrick. Don't fuck it up. I. They've already I, fucked I, up. I, I Let other people speak, Patrick. Oh, so I was told I, 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 I kind of have a rant. Okay. Dude, but when, no, when we start, we've already started talking to you. I've already switched to all four people all right. on here. All right, oh Spencer. All right, all right, I want all Spencer's right, take. Right. Spencer's played the most Battlefield so, so, me recently. Yeah. So uh, I, I kind of have a bit of, I guess, more of an optimistic view on this, right? Because A, we don't know what reimagining means, right? That's a very broad term. It worries B, me. We also CEO, know, though, yeah. B, there's also been reports that supposedly they're going to be do, doing multiple battlefield projects, right? So what does this reimagining exactly mean, right? Exactly. And so we don't know. Uh, and so I, I, in my mind, I, I could see this being one of two things, and I think it could help coexist with 2042 and a sequel to 2042, and that would be 
either A, it's a single-player-focused battlefield that people would love, like a strictly single-player-focused battlefield. No, I'm down for that. That would be okay. If it was like a standalone single-player game, I'd be mm -hmm. okay with that. Which is, it'd be weird. Yeah, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, is if they want to make a battlefield into a bigger franchise, right, they're going to have to branch out, right? They do, so yes, in my correct. mind, I feel like you could have your core games like 2042 and whatever, say 2042 sequel, that would be essentially what 2042 is, but for, say, next-gen, right? Theoretical next Battlefield game mainline. But then you could also have a single-player Battlefield game, right? Maybe that's what this could be. Maybe not. Uh, the other thing is, too, is if they really wanted to mess around with doing other multiplayer stuff, too, is they could always have a separate like experimental multiplayer battlefield as well and that could also be what this reimagination is is not necessarily a game that will replace 2042 but a game that can coexist with it as long as they don't bring battle royale back because that died off pretty quick they tried that with (laughs) battlefield they tried that with battlefield 5 that lasted all of what maybe a month and then everybody's like yeah we don't care so and I feel like that what I think saying here could uh, live on here because the, the literally the second part of this says in bold in this article says he went on to say the next Battlefield game will exist in a truly connected ecosystem. And, and so I guess what, what does that mean? Does it mean in an ecosystem like in the game or does it mean in an ecosystem to where we can have multiple Battlefields together that are just or does that different mean, unique like, experiences? Back- Back when it was, oh, geez, what was it? Uh, Battlefield 1, 4, and Hardline, and 5, where they all have like a little launch window mm-hmm. if you own all the digital versions. If they say connected ecosystem, what does that mean? I could just freely switch like those four games did. Like, Who we knows? don't know what that means. That's definitely some CEO talk right there. <laughs> it's CEO talk. Right. But at the same time, they could do it like COD where weapons carry over. That might be a cool feature they actually take from Call of Duty and bring to Battlefield. Because Battlefield's never really done that. They, I think they might have had like a few little like player card things. Like if you own the game, you get a player card for, yeah. because it recognizes you have data from another game. They'll give you an exclusive player card mm-hmm. or emblem for playing the other right. game. But kind of like the, only, right. the only but games that really carried over would it be would have been able to do that would have been battlefield three to four maybe throw hardline in there no yeah hardline was modern. more of a standalone title it's yeah modern, but it was, it was modern standalone. i'm saying like three four yeah. and hardline were the more modern normal modern yeah. ones so that would and then of course 2042 i guess you could have the older weapons it's kind of like modern future it's weird yeah so <laughs> I, I kind of like it, but I wish they would have developed. I mean, don't lie. so wait, it's already. I wish they developed. So wait, there's it a little some more. stuff here that content. says. Uh... So, so apparently, this does say here EA has multiple new Battlefield experiences in the works, including a single-player campaign game. Right. So, like, do, is that what he's referencing, yeah. or is it not? Right. That could well, be because um, they skipped uh, multiplayer a single-player. Is also along the way from Dice, Ripple Effect, and other studios making an entirely new Battlefield experience. So just here, so yeah, no, this would be three separate Battlefield projects is what this is insinuating. You have your single-player campaign from Mark Leto's new studio, multiplayer experience from DICE, which is who does 2042, Who does all the multiplayer, they do all the multiplayers, they've done multiplayer. Right, so DICE would continue this core 
this core series. And then we're having these quote unquote entirely new battlefield experience that will quote unquote complement and build upon the series foundations, uh, which will be made by ripple effect. Now, do we know what ripple effect has done for, have they done any titles yet? I think it was just 2042 maybe, right? Let me look but and see what they've done. Saying that they no, but I know Ripple Effect had a hand in 2042. Let me look okay. at their list of games. Got you. Um, the other thing here, I guess, just quickly point out while you're looking into that, is that they were just saying, to build on to what I was just saying here, uh, EA did comment saying that a global effort has been launched uh, coordinating <laughs> multiple studios under a leadership team of industry veterans to build a connected Battlefield universe. So... I mean, I guess it will find ways to connect the games and whatnot. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, so Ripple Effect started back in the 90s, originally as DreamWorks Interactive, and then when DreamWorks got bought out by EA, There's... they worked on... Uh, they were, I think, Dice Stockholm is their old name. They they, they were... So they were... Yeah, yeah, Battlefield's 2042 co-developer. They were also known as Dice L.A., and so they just renamed it a couple yeah. of years ago was all that happened. Yeah. So uh, from what I'd heard, I think it was Dice Stockholm and LA might've combined some of their team. Yeah. And then yeah. that team became ripple effect. So it, they just keep changing yeah. the name every few years, but it's the mm -hmm. same core people. Yep, but yep. like I said, as long as Vince is running a good team, we'll I, have, happens. I, I have faith in Vince. Vince put out a good game in apex legends. I think even if, if, even if they, they, they send him like a shitty concept for a game, I think he could find a way to make a shitty concept, you know, fun and playable in some way. Cause that's just kind of the stuff Vince puts out from it, Look at his like history of games that he's put out over the years. Almost everything he's put out has been at least well-received. We'll see. So, we'll see. We'll so see. I, I have trust in Vince. We'll see what the Andrew, tells. Andrew Wilson, CEO of EA. <laughs> Keep an eye on his comments. They could get a little wacky. <laughs> we'll see what happens in the future. This is the same Only man that sells you tell. sells you FIFA and Madden, which is the same game year after year with the new roster. <sighs> we'll see. <laughs> but uh, I guess it's time to just go ahead and start wrapping up here, yeah? We're going to do just one more segment here, and that is going to be uh, what have we been playing this week while we're on the topic of video games. And so, uh, Patrick, anything you've been playing that's not Battlefield? <laughs> I briefly played the brand new Pokemon trading card game. I just kind of new. My, oh, what do you mean brand new? It's brand new to Switch. Oh, it's available on this. the Game Boy emulator as part of Nintendo Switch Online. And oh, so that online. one. Okay, you I can go try it for free, and it comes with all three of those Game Boy filters. So whether you want to play regular Game Boy pocket or game boy color you can change the filter to like whatever you remember nice. if you ever remember playing that game a certain way as a kid you can pick the color you want to play the pokemon game in it's fantastic that's pretty cool um and yeah it brings me back to my childhood because it's those original 151 pokemon so like gen one grassroots like nice throw, that's have awesome. fun yeah i have the that's cartridge awesome. sitting like right next not right next to me but right behind me i so, saw yeah, i saw I that the they also that. just added that's awesome. I saw they also added Stadium 2, and I did Stadium try out Stadium for expansion pack, in the past yep. couple weeks. And uh, it was pretty cool just seeing a game where you can just pretty pick whatever, and it's those core 150-ish Pokemon. I would argue Stadium 2 has the better mini games out of both. Yeah. Uh, and and the, 
the tower battles I remember specifically, the tower battles in two were so hard. I never nice. did beat it. So if you really so, enjoy Pokemon Tower battles, like old school, like Mortal Kombat style almost, where you go, you know, level <laughs> up all the way to the top, that is a fun, fun one to do. Nice, nice. Anything uh anything else new, interesting you may have been playing at all? Same shit, Armin Flight Sim boys. Alrighty. <laughs> Just being honest. Alrighty. Here we go. Here we go. Chris, what have you been playing? I'll go last. Geo. You'll go last? Okay, Geo. What about you? Um, what have you been playing? Yeah, aside from the usual, I guess the, the only thing out of the ordinary would have been um, Minecraft, actually, because we, well, all four of us, uh, you might have seen some pictures on social media where we all played the, uh, <laughs> the Ninja maybe, Turtles DLC, maybe. which was, that was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed that, so much so that after the fact, I went back and played some vanilla Minecraft where I obviously I'd played it before, but uh, I had never really gotten that far in the game and I'd never actually beaten it or anything. So I wanted to uh, see how far I could get and uh, got to the point where, where I, you know, managed to find some diamonds, managed to find a, uh, a broken um, nether portal, mine the, sh- mine the hell out of that and made myself a, a, a nether portal, got to the nether, did, you know, did, did all the, uh, did, only thing I didn't do is get to the end at this point, but so we'll we'll see if I make it that far. But yeah, so definitely that's the, the farthest I've managed to get in in Minecraft since I've played it. So nice. Now, are that's you awesome. playing Skin or are you playing Steve or Alex? I just uh, in the bad. I think it's the Bedrock version where you can kind of make your own character. I think I might have used Steve as Even a base. Better. And then, cool. but then you can pick your eyes, pick your hair, pick your mustache, whatever you. So I just made a whole custom oh, yeah. character to play that. You'll have to send. I find picture. it so weird that I find it so weird that like in that version they have it to where they blink. It's so weird. I, like I'm still <laughs> not used to that. <laughs> that is weird on a Minecraft <laughs> character. Not used to that. <laughs> it is. It really is. <laughs> Anything else to highlight for what you've been playing, or has that been all from you? No, I think that's pretty much it. Nice. Well, I guess as far as myself goes, uh, I mean, just more the same old grind a little bit in uh, Fortnite. We've also been, I've also done a bit more uh, Diablo 4, uh, doing more of that. Uh, particularly, Diablo 4 actually like did this big capstone dungeon and we're able to go to the next world tier. And so being able to unlock the third world tier is pretty neat because then that opens up new gameplay stuff I've been getting into. And so that's been pretty fun. Uh, and now dying a lot more because of that, but you know, the whole nature of the game. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I haven't, there hasn't been like particularly one game I was really into. Uh, I mean, I played a couple mixes of some other things. Like, I did Minecraft with uh, that, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Minecraft was pretty fun, and me and my brother was playing some of that. Me and my brother were also playing the uh, new Disney illusion island game we played a good couple hours of that which has been a lot of fun highly recommended as a nice little uh honestly uh, the platforming feels like rayman to me and hmm. so or like rayman legends kind of nice. and so yeah. uh, but without all the combat but having that sort of like platforming and it being like a, it's a nice chill platformer with all the disney char- uh, the disney characters you can play as mickey minnie uh donald goofy it's a nice little wonderful experience that i'm pleasantly surprised by uh, and so I've really enjoyed uh, that nice little chill platformer with my brother. Uh, and then I guess the only other thing uh, that I tried out for my first time was I played 
I don't know, maybe like an hour of Jet Set Radio. Nice. And so it was interesting playing that for my first time. I enjoyed it overall. Definitely got annoyed with it being a little bit uh, <laughs> like, you know, jumping off into it and just like search grinding on like, no, I wanted to grind on the other thing beside it. I didn't want to go there. But other than that, I mean, it's a fun uh, game for what it was. Nice. Anything else you want to highlight at all? Uh, no. No, no, that's all. Okay. The ding is done. Not yet. Wait. Jeez. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of want to highlight something for all of us. Uh, Geo, yeah. Spencer, and I have been playing uh a new free-to-play game that spencer found oh yes called uh star siege De dead zone and i can't wait to uh say the genre of game <clears throat> here we go it is a looter uh, a pvpve looter shooter corridor extraction game <laughs> yeah, that's a mouthful. FPS, sorry, sorry. FPS PvPVE looter shooter extraction game. <laughs> Free to play. Uh very 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 creatively done. Um you're on a space station. Uh it, it slowly is collapsing on you. There's different kinds of loot, you know, from your common to all the way up to legendary. Uh and yeah, just been Having a lot of fun with it. Not very good at it. We are red shirts. We die a lot. Uh, but uh, and it's very... fun to watch you guys play. <laughs> and yeah, uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, it it's exciting to see a game like that and how it's going to evolve. That's what I'm looking forward to with it the most. I think. Uh, and then of course I've been playing lots and lots of baseball. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of baseball because there is a new program called the extreme program. Whoa. Whoa. And it's very hard and I'm slowly, but no, not surely just slowly, slowly working my way through it. Surely and, uh, must be joking. Don't call him Shirley. Who's Shirley? <laughs> I've never met Shirley. Maybe Shirley Temple? She was an actress, former U.S. ambassador to Ghana. You know, may have heard of her. But when she was the U.S. ambassador to Ghana, she was Shirley <laughs> Temple Black was her name. <laughs> All right. Well, hello there, Austin. Yes, has a drink named after her. Hello there, Austin, in the chat. You are just in time. For the end. Wow, perfect timing. Perfect timing, Austin. Perfect <laughs> timing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, baseball, lots and lots of baseball and Star Siege, Dead Zone. And uh, we played some more Gotham Knights. I'm, I'm really digging the story in that. What about you, Spencer? Yeah, that's been pretty fun. We have been doing a little bit of that every now and then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what else is in that story. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to play more of it. 
Uh, we may end up playing some Sea of Thieves here sometime soon. Uh, for there is a Monkey Island. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, tall tale. I like the way they're doing it. Uh, yeah, we have the first of three Tall Tales, and I think it'd be fun to keep up with them. So agreed. Definitely be worth doing that first one sooner than later. Yeah. So, but so maybe that'll happen. Yeah, but I think uh, we're gonna call it here. Uh, but in case call it. Yep, yep. you uh, you missed. Any other episode, go check them out on YouTube. Our YouTube uh, can be found on our link tree. And if you want to check out some cool comic content, where should they go, Spencer? You know something? Uh, I just want to send, tell everybody right here a uh, big thank you for uh, anybody that has checked out Dingusten so far. I have been... Uh, I was just looking yesterday, and I... Uh, or, late last night and i saw that my big san diego news video that i released that spent oh, i spent a lot of time on it i'm glad to see that it's paid off to where it has uh now become my most viewed video now i just looked and it is officially one view away from reaching the triple digits which means that would be my first video that ever reached the triple digits if it gets one more view Woo! and so uh if anybody hasn't ever checked it out you could either follow this link right there or go Click on it. YouTube. Or go on YouTube, search up. Uh, <laughs> no, just go to that link YouTube right there. Look up uh, Dingaston. Just... Right, right. Dingaston, <laughs> San Diego Comic Con uh, News 2023. And I covered like all the big news I could find, all the main news from San Diego Comic Con, all in one video. I've never seen anywhere else do all that. And so, uh, yeah, glad to have seen that at 99 views at the moment. So. Ah, sausage. A sausage so this is game watching one right it. now. Yes. This is going to be my Austin 100th viewer. is going to be your 100th viewer. So, uh, it's fitting that a sausage is your 100th there viewer. We go. Good job, Austin. <laughs> Good job. And on that note, join us next Wednesday for another episode of Rambling Red Shirts. Anything Not Rambling Red Hats. It'll be Tune in tomorrow. Same <laughs> bat time, same bat channel. Later, everybody. Bye. See ya. Laters. Say goodbye, Gio. Peace and love, everybody.